0: Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan. It's unregimented. Jaysters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. 187.
1: I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm rich. Oh, can't, apparently you can't fake a one eight seven on the president. We, that's one of the lessons from this week. What? <laughs> this, that there, there's a new shotgun again. We were going over the list for the show.
2: Oh yeah, the the outrage. You know, it's it's kind of interesting seeing the outrage, the right be outraged consistently. I mean, the left is outraged, but. It seems like they're outraged by a lot of reasonable, fucked-up things that are happening right now. And it's the right that's being outraged by everything
1: else that isn't really important. This week, everybody came together to be outraged, though. There seemed to be a good amount from both sides. I think,
2: well, yeah, I, I think what Kathy Griffin did with that photo and the photographer that was involved in it was... I don't, th- I don't want to call it going too far because I don't believe there's a such thing as going too far, short of if she actually, like, you know, went, went after the president with a knife. That would she be going knew what too she far. Was doing. It, yeah. I, was it a good, smart move for, uh, as a career decision for a comedian? Maybe. It might be.
0: What you got that shirt. I, I can use that now.
2: I don't think I would have done that in her position. I'm sure her publicist loved
1: it. I mean, we've been talking about Kathy Griffin more than since 1999. All right, so but well, it was to get her name in people's mouths,
2: mission accomplished. She's going to have to do a lot of gigs to make up for
1: that CNN money, though. What for one day a year? I imagine it pays pretty well. Because that's everybody's acting like she lost. It. She didn't lose a job. She
0: lost a gig. Uh,
1: she, she's a comedian. Yeah, but, and they're independent
0: contractors. It's a pretty, it's a pretty a cushy high, gig, high-profile gig,
1: yeah. If that was she my gets, gig, I could live off
0: of it for a whole year. She gets drunk on air and pretends to <laughs> that she's going to go down on Anderson Cooper, like he wants that at all. By the no, way, no, but yeah, see his reaction. And be like, you, uh, well, yeah, yeah so, listening to another podcast, I, one of the interesting things was apparently there's a, a thought that if this had been done. During the Obama administration, with an Obama mask, that there'd be hell to pay, and oh, really? I had I had to laugh my ass off when I heard that because I'm like, so obviously this person never turned on their computer or know, right? their smartphone during the eight years of Obama because I saw plenty of, you know,
2: hung an effigy and uh, hanged an effigy and burned,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, one of them was just a, a picture of a hangman's noose that said "Hang in there, Obama." Right. I mean, in all the, in, the
2: the the, even, the the manipulation of the hope poster with the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's not too far. But but Kathy Griffin. It, I guess this was in reference to something. I can't even remember the ju- the justification that I oh. that I heard hey, remember for it, but there was,
1: me? I'm the '90s Kathy Griffin. I'm still out there. In,
2: in, re- it was reference to when
1: people remembered who the fuck Kathy Griffin was. Oh, well, it's been a long time since she was on that episode of Seinfeld.
0: But I just uh, love I, I just love the the outrage coming from Ted Nugent of all people. Mister threatened to kill uh, Obama himself. Yeah. Oh right,
2: yeah. He threatens to kill a president and gets invited to the White House by the next president. Way to go, oh, guys. And, oh, and Barron. Oh, won't somebody think of Barron. Poor little Barron who is at home watching CNN all day. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I don't know how the fuck... How old is this kid? What is he, like 9, 10, 11, something like that? He's 11. He's no 11, 11 years, years old. old.
1: Unless you're a girl, no 11-year-old so says, oh, daddy. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah uh, I have got an 11 year old She doesn't watch TV She watches YouTube And it's definitely nothing to do with current events Unless a new video game or ma- or uh, manga came out or
1: something hey, Aren't your kids part of the generation that watches other people play video games?
2: Oh yeah Oh yeah it, she, she, I got her a laptop for her birthday So her and her brother had a little Minecraft party Over birthday weekend at my place, and it was the two of them on the computer. I let them stay up way late on the computer in the same room playing Minecraft in the same world, while on the TV, videos of other people playing Minecraft. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was a big nerd party. But yeah, so but Baron, what he does? Anyone think he actually saw this or was traumatized by it?
0: Well. Okay, if he saw it and he was traumatized by it, then this is the most sheltered eleven-year-old in 2017. Also, there's naked pictures of his mom (laughs) all over the internet. He's got bigger issues once he figures out how to navigate, you know, yeah, on the internet. I mean, he's going to have to go, mom. Why are you munching box with this chick in this photo? I mean,
1: I'm saying throw this (laughs) on the urban legend pile. This did not happen. It's yeah, Baron didn't see it unless
2: somebody showed it to him in order to get his reaction. And to, this this talk about oh shame on Kathy Griffin because my son saw this and is traumatized. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you, sir, for using your own son as a tool. It that is just really disgusting to me that he even I, brought that up.
0: I just go back to what Louis C.K. said about parents who are like well well, gay people shouldn't be affectionate with each other in public how am I going to explain that to my child and he's like why is it our responsibility to explain love between two human beings to your shitty kid
1: (laughs) it's not our it's not not our fucking job it's not our job to make sure
0: yeah it's not our job to make sure your shitty kid doesn't have to see oh my god two people who are in love hold hands in public you know, I mean, it's come on, man. Look, I, I said this in the in the in the the group chat. You're a, if you're a, if you're a politician, you're the fairest of fair game, and if you are a president, you are you have to have thicker you have to have thick skin. If you don't have thick skin, what the fuck are you doing in the, holding that office? I yeah, mean, right. And on top of that, you're telling me that. A picture of her holding up a Halloween mask drenched in blood is the worst thing he's heard about his father via the internet since, he, since, since November 8th of last year. I know, right? I mean, yeah. can we, I mean, I think we all agree that this is a fabricated bullshit story put out there so these fucking people that are hand and and, and and weeping and wailing on the right can have some ammo. 'Cause I mean, does it do any neither none of us believe it, right? No. That he's like mommy at eleven Absolutely years old. Not. And if and if he is not for one second. If he if he is, that just goes if, if it, at eleven he, years old he's crying for his mommy and that's a correct fairy. quote. He it goes farther it just proves my theory that he's somewhere on the spectrum anyways. So congratulations guys. You're just making him look bad. Yeah. I, I that, don't I don't know what else to say.
2: But you do see, you do see a lot of this though. If you if you watch the news, you'll see people will trot out their fucking kids, and it's have them explain how they're traumatized by this or that event. And I'm like, you you're the you're the parent. You're fucking traumatizing them. I'm not saying that everyone should raise their kids to be sheltered, but you know when the something fucked up happens like this uh, bombing in Afghanistan or the stabbing in Portland. I don't sit my kids down and go, Hey, are you aware that this went down in the world and how do you feel about it? it they what's, don't need to have opinions uh, about that. Watch yeah, Channel the 1 like we all had to.
0: <laughs> the, bar for, the bar for so-called traumatiza- traumatization of our children compared to the rest of the world is set awful low. I mean, drop this kid in the middle of the Gaza Strip for a week and then tell me about his fucking trauma. <laughs> I
3: know, right? Yeah.
0: I don't want to hear about fucking the kid got traumatized. A kid who's, by the way, 11 years old grew up with the internet in full fucking swing. Not like us. We, you know, we can't, even if we were early adopters, we didn't come to it until we were in our teenage years. I mean, yeah. 11 years ago was 2006, guys. That's, yeah, YouTube, Facebook. MySpace, all this shit was around. This kid grew up with the internet. He's rich on top of it. So you're gonna tell me that he doesn't have smart everything? He's probably got a teddy bear in the corner that he can hook up via Wi-Fi somehow or some shit. I mean, come on. It's just
1: in five years. That becomes a sex doll. Oh, well, he's 11, maybe three.
0: Well, if he's crying for mommy at 11 years old, it might already be his hump toy. Who knows? A sex doll that looks like mommy. I mean, it's just it's, like I get. Okay, look you we frown we frown on shit like this in this country as far as or not like this excuse me we frown on you know any type of perceived veiled threat to the president but does anyone honestly think seriously that Kathy Griffin is going to low crawl over the white house lawn with a fucking knife in her teeth Sneak in and cut his head off.
2: No. Nobody believes that she's a threat.
1: Hey, she's a ginger. Thank
2: you. You never fucking know. Right. So, Got to keep and, your eye on it. She,
0: like she looks like a bottle ginger to me. But that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> e,
1: even those who aren't
2: necessarily outraged for like, well, I'll use Adam Krola for an example. I, he's somebody whose podcast I listen to daily, but it, there's plenty of things that I disagree with him about. And I wouldn't say that he was outraged by the Kathy Griffin photo. But he did trot out his, in my day, we had more respect for the president in general, regardless of whether we agreed with him or not. I'm like, maybe you did. Maybe you personally did, and maybe people that you knew did. But we have a long history of dissent in this country. And if you look back on like the history of just political cartoons in the history Mm -hmm. of this nation, you'll probably see shit just as bad as that photo that Kathy Griffin posted. Or the the photo shoot that she did And beyond that Just as a people We love to ridicule our our rulers When we disagree with them And we like to In some cases when we're Extremely upset about it Yeah we do things like Burn them in effigy And do things that you could call as Maybe even not so veiled threats The understanding that This is political protest So, don't give me this You know, we've lost our minds And have no respect for anyone Even the President of the United States I mean, first of all, this man Doesn't deserve any respect And no leader deserves respect Just by the Just By gaining some political office That that does I guess It kind of touches a nerve with me That I, I've kind of had this attitude my whole life In that There's no such thing as unearned respect Right? Even your parents Gotta earn it even, even your parents have to earn it The president has to earn it Anyone representing you in any office Has to earn respect It doesn't come with
1: the office well, I think it comes with the office initially, but you have to, uh, I don't know, keep earning it, I guess, which he has not done a good job of. It, he's, g- well, look, he's, given us, he's given us nothing to respect.
2: It comes with the office based on a long history of presidents acting respectfully and gaining the respect that should come with the office. Yeah.
1: Uh, he, he's given us and he, nothing.
2: And he's throwing all that away. I it. On top of that, he seems to be now throwing away all of our relationships with uh, with all of our allies in the world. I mean, you want an an isolationist president? Well, there you have it.
1: There you go, right wing up
2: jobs. Got what you wanted. This should be fun. Yeah, the the rest of the world now knows fully that they cannot work with or trust our president. Yay! <laughs> hey. The the latest one being the Paris Accord that he said that we're
1: not going to honor. Yeah, but can we calm down on that? In fucking yeah. three and a half years, we'll jump back in if he doesn't get reelected, and even if he does, we'll be we're, we're not gonna kill the planet in nine years.
2: Well, we can cal- calm down on the logistics of it because as as much as. Uh We want to think that this is going to make the world worse. There's already, we've already seen a push towards lessening carbon emissions just as good PR. And I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was ExxonMobil that their, their CEO is in favor of, of, you know, new energy sources of staying in the Paris Accord.
1: Well, yeah, cause that motherfucker's got a line item budget every month to keep cleaning up the Gulf.
2: True. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's, it's, a good PR it's interesting move for to him. hear, it's interesting to hear this perspective from somebody when usually all you hear from the oil companies is how good oil is and why it's the, the only resource that will keep our nation powered. It's
1: so delicious.
2: You can put it on your cereal. I mean, I mean, next to coal, which was, why are we still... Re- the re- why are we so the re- reason why we're, we're not... We're, why we're stepping away from the Paris Accord is because Trump loves coal. Why? I don't know. And he said... His quote was... Uh, Might as well say
1: you love Betamax.
2: I don't remember the exact quote, but he said that he is the president of... Pits- he represents Pittsburgh, not Paris. So, I think the biggest problem with the Paris Accord was that they didn't name it Pi- America's Got the Biggest Dick Accord <laughs> or The Pittsburgh Accord <laughs> Right It's the fact that they named it After <laughs> They named it after uh, it After a city That's not in America <laughs> So of course he can't have anything to do with it Not only that but One that you know From a, a country that is Uh Seen as notoriously weak on everything. So, any alliance, there's still plenty of people that think any alliance we have with France is us
0: aligning with somebody who's weak. When I answer your question real quick, at least in in my opinion, Chris, about why he's so in love with coal, I think it's just as simple as this. He feels, I don't, maybe rightfully so. I don't know. that, that, That people that make a living from and working in that industry are overlooked. And I think it was just a way to get another to, to, to get a little to add a little bit of more voters to his to his base. Oh yeah. He was like, Hey look, no one's talking about the coal miners and the people in the coal industry, so I'll pander to them and they'll be firmly in my camp because there's no one doing anything but basically saying, You guys, you know, you work in a in an outdated form of energy, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. I mean I it's are either right. It's, it, 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 and this this is my cynicism coming through but it's just I, I there's i don't think there's any fucking real genuine concern about coal miners on his part no i mean everything is booth. everything is cold and yeah everything is cold and calculated and i mean it's not just him believe me if it was uh, you know hillary and she was pandering to you know one of some little tiny special interest group I would say the same thing. I mean, like, you really think Hillary gives a fuck about you people? No, she doesn't. She just wants your votes. And then once she's got them, she don't give a fuck about you until it's time to go back on the campaign trail.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, mean, I, I think this is his way of, of throwing a bone. Like, like, like you guys said, we all need to calm down. You know, you know that next president, wear some wood to knock on, Will not will not keep up his policies. Right.
2: Well, yeah, we we do need to calm down because this isn't going to change a whole lot.
0: We're already it's a hiccup. It's a it's a it's a hiccup in the in the progression of this shit. It's, it's just arguing, a, it,
2: it may not even be a hiccup, honestly, because the the Paris Agreement that the U.S. signed on to initially is. It's a treaty, but there's no penalties for not following it. Other than losing face and and ruining relationships with other countries that you sign this agreement with. But it's not like there's well, I don't even know what any other country could do to the US. It's not like we you know, I I guess there could be sanctions on us that could that could hurt us. The yeah, so police in Birkenstock but, show up. But there's nothing like that built into it. They hemp cuffs. It is pretty much on our honor to follow this in the first place. So this this stepping away from the Paris Accord is really it's it's not about what it's going to do to our air quality, in my opinion. It's what it, it's about the message that it sends to the rest of the world. I mean, I mean consider that we are now in a very small club with uh shit what were the there's two other countries that are not in the the paris agreement kind of like the worst countries and ever. it was like nicaragua and uruguay or something like that i can't remember
1: nicaragua and syria
2: nicaragua and yeah. syria yeah now actually no. uruguay is kind of progressive country um yeah syria and nicaragua so good company even
1: even even north korea is down <laughs> right <laughs> But I mean, I'm seeing What's all this hyperbole you? online, though, of Donald Trump has voted to destroy the planet. Like, really? Four fucking years? Come on now. Like, yeah. and even if he gets, t- God help us, two terms. Really? In less than a decade, the planet's going to be destroyed? Yeah. Calm down, everybody.
0: You know, I'm more concerned when it comes to him destroying the planet, the fact that he has the nuclear codes. Right. <laughs> like, that would, con- I mean, to me, that's a more valid concern then the damage he can do in an eight-year, you know, once, like you said, God forbid, presidency. Well, I learned so. the other
1: day that you can't set off those codes. You have to get the key out of somebody's chest. There's a guy walking around. <laughs> 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 Wait. No, yeah, the, sorry, that's from the leftovers. That's <laughs> the <best of> leftovers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: oh, it kind of makes sense, though.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I could see that being plausible. Shit, anything's possible. It's <laughs> since November. Right. So,
2: all, all these tweets about Trump uh, ushering the, in the end of the world that much quicker, it, you just want to throw in like a Kofifi tweet in there just to distract them. Like, <laughs> just go back to making fun of them.
1: Can we all agree that's officially the dumbest Donald Trump story so far? Is Kofifi? Uh, yeah. Well, I,
2: I can, I, I'll confess to finding it completely hilarious.
1: Just as far as the the amount that it was blown out of proportion. I mean First, like, really? I don't, Social media well, people? We're going to go after spelling and punctuation? Really? Uh, yeah, I know, right? No, I don't think no this one's, is not a spelling and punctuation thing. Donald Trump's thing. the first this person to ever post something that autocorrected and fixed? I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Like, really? We're, slow news day, everybody? I'm unsure as to... Uh, well, it could have been that he
2: was trying to type a word and... Autocorrect didn't fix it. It's supposed to be coverage. But then it gets posted. Well, it gets it got posted really late
1: and stayed up for hours. Man, you know, you finished that last scotch of the night. <laughs> you know, didn't double check. Right. So. I do
0: like. I, I do like the one person who who painted the picture of him on the toilet, pants around his ankles. <laughs> Falling asleep and then waking up like six hours later, and he can't stand up because his legs are numb from pins and needles. Going, <laughs> oh shit! What did I post? <laughs>
1: right.
0: I, I just did. imagined
2: somebody like
1: slapping the phone out of his hand. Like he just had had enough. Now was Aaron? Was that really Sean Spicer's reaction? Like that wasn't a comedy that writer. Is- like that, that is that's, legitimate. That's another thing okay, I found so, insane about this whole thing is, like, Sean, you had a chance right. to
2: say that you, the tweet is nothing. But but when asked about the tweet, Sean Spicer said, uh, I, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he said, the president and a select number of people know exactly what Kofifi means. You
1: had a chance to say, hey, listen, and people, then refused to take any follow up questions it was an on the issue. Error. Well, Calm down. This is why he's bad at his job. He's supposed to be the guy spinning shit. He's supposed to be the guy that mitigates damage. Right. He made it worse. He walks up to somebody he's basically getting out of the ambulance, going up to the victim and shooting them. He's making it worse. Right. Oh hey oh a gunshot wound there. Boom. Oh, this, here's another one. At this one. point
2: at this point I think that the there's people in the Trump administration that are just fucking with Sean Spicer. You know, <laughs> they, they have this tweet. The president falls asleep in the middle of a tweet and everybody's going nuts about it. What should we do? Well, we could put out a story about how it was just an autocorrect thing or maybe his account got hacked. Or, or maybe we could just leave it as is and let Sean Spicer explain hey, let's it. Just
1: give it to Sean and let him wing it. <laughs> I
0: know. Let's Sean's give it to like, Sean. He'll mean anything.
2: I mean, but, but what does Kofifi mean? Sean, if you don't know, we're certainly not going to tell you.
0: Well, I have to say this: in prison, a fifi is a homemade pocket pussy. So a co-fifi would be what one's passed around, shared. Um, right. One. Like, you need a blood test after. Yeah, I mean, like a, a pocket pussy, you could actually get an STD from. I mean, so. Right. Well, that's that's the only guess I have as as to what a co-fifi is is Kofifi important?
2: Is this a something worth discussing with as much fucked up shit going down no. these days as it is? No, it's it's clearly not, but it's harmless just as well. It's the beach ball. It's the huge beach ball at the at the sports ball game. But that, for- that the people in the crowd are all excited about but you know, Man. but for all of it's the
0: inflatable dick with Drew Blows <laughs> written on the side. It's it's more of <laughs> yeah. that for, than the beach for all beach ball. of
1: you people, right? That sit there and talk about how Donald Trump is out of his mind when he talks about there's a fucking witch hunt against
0: him. It, stuff like this is feeding his fire. You know what this is? Uh. This to me is his version of Bush going, "We got an old saying down yeah, in Texas, I know, right? maybe right, Tennessee right. also." You know, it's just. But I mean, a, he can't
1: he can't post a a, a mis a misspelled. Uh, an incorrectly spelled word on social media and it not be a news story, I mean, that's feeding his... That, that's feeding his narrative of the witch hunt. I'm just saying, everybody. Think about it.
2: Now, how does that at all feed a narrative of a witch hunt? It's a narrative misspelling of a lack of respect for the president, but wh- this, isn't, this has nothing to
1: do with Russia. But why is his fucking misspelling some, a word on social media taking up any part of the news cycle at all, I guess is my It's point. not news. Nobody said it was
2: news. It just went crazy on social media. Well, so it's, the, and the, let's face it, social media isn't
1: there just for people to post legitimate news it's, stories. It's, been it's on there all the, for people to fuck around and blow off some steam. It, in my world, it's it's been on the news wires. So in my world, it's news. I mean, people have talked about it. It's every podcast it, we listen to, they've talked about it. it yes. Yeah, listen, it did not pop up as any news story
2: that I saw until after Sean Spicer was forced to comment on it. That's what makes it news. The fact that Sean Spicer actually had to get up and and try to rationalize something that everybody knew is just a fucked up social media whoopsie that everybody's done at one point or another and no big deal. But when when it's just one more thing that this administration can't even be straight with us on, yeah. I think that warrants a
1: news story. That part I agree, but I mean, I guess I heard about it before Sean Spicer. That's what bugs me about it. Is well, yeah, it was all over. Any if
2: well, it was all over Twitter right away. I saw it popping up on Facebook a couple of days after, but immediately there was a an entry in the Urban Dictionary. Somebody uh, bought the domain Kofifi. Exactly. Everybody had a meme on it, my favorite one being uh <laughs> the one of the agent Dale Cooper doppelganger from Twin Peaks with his tie wrapped over his head. But um yeah. No, it's not important. You're right, but it was funny
1: as fuck. Just Sean, how does that guy still have his
2: job? I don't like we we're still hearing rumors about how his job is tenuous, but I think should we have the a- only thing that that's keeping him in this position is the fact that... Trump's more incompetent than him? Uh, that and... They're finding a hard time actually getting a replacement. Because who the fuck would want to do that job, especially after they've seen how Sean Spicer has been treated? Has anyone called Bill O'Reilly? Insane. He's available. Hannity might be available soon, too. You can't do that in a podcast at the same time. And... He could make more money off of a podcast than being a
1: mouthpiece for the president. I know, right? Yeah, right? If he just... Yeah, if his listener base just pays 20 bucks a month, like he'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I now have 23 kookaroos. Yes,
2: what what does anyone else have to gain to actually step into that position? And they're probably begging Sean to keep on just because they don't want to go through the pain of trying to find somebody else. And they tried to... It seemed like they were trying to back off of Sean Spicer and bring uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders to the forefront, but I think she's done an even worse job than, than Sean Spicer.
1: What happened to that Guilfoyle chick?
0: I want to a press secretary
1: named Guilfoyle. Alright. Alright. So that was the dumb... Ne- is that all the dumb news of the week? start moving into more That's serious territory. Dumber. That's some of the dumber shit.
2: Right, so while Trump supporters are being outraged by ridiculous things, uh, they're surprisingly not outraged by information that we're finding out like this is not even secret information this is publicly known that our president is giving out his personal cell phone to other world leaders for them to contact him directly so anyone who said any shit about hillary's emails should be probably even more outraged by this i would say are you talking about an unsecured line to the person that would be the number one espionage target in the world
0: yeah and didn't Wasn't there a big stink near the end of Obama's term as president about him getting a smartphone and how it was a security risk?
2: Yeah, I remember that. And and just him having it was too much of a security risk.
0: Yeah, and I'm not bringing this up to be like, you know, well, Obama did it. So, you know, but but what I'm just saying is, if that was the consensus in the intelligence community, then. I'm pretty sure that someone's told him, Hey, uh, Mr. President, probably not the brightest idea to be giving world leaders your personal cell phone number.
2: Somebody must have, but how how does he get away with all of
0: this shit? He doesn't listen to people, man. He really does. He's been in charge so I, long
1: he don't listen he doesn't answer to nobody.
0: Exactly. He is he's the ultimate my way or the highway boss. And now he's in the ultimate job for that. Because he everybody just the fact that you can't just go, hey, dipshit. What are you doing? You have to go, um, Mr. President, um, do you really think it's smart for you to do? Just, 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 you can't speak plainly to him because of his position. It, it enables him to, to have the, this attitude, this I can do anything I want attitude. And he is the, I, when I say perfect, I mean perfect in all for all the wrong reasons. But he is the perfect narcissist to have in this position. To where everyone just kisses his ass because that's all he's it's all he's used to. I I mean it's it's to me it's not it's not much more complicated than that. I mm-hmm. of all the things Donald Trump is, like I think <clears throat> when people called Bush stupid, like we all Mr. laughed.
2: Sandberg, thanks for coming to your
3: performance
0: review. We all laughed and, you know, had some jokes about it and everything. And honestly, let's be honest. I don't think Bush Bush probably, you know, he's probably not a very deep thinker. I don't think Donald Trump's stupid. I think Donald Trump is just once again—he's lived in Trump land so long that he doesn't—he doesn't have to to amend any his his thinking in any way. Guys, every he's, he's been yes-banned for yeah. so many years. He just thinks whatever I think and whatever I say goes.
1: Yeah, man, I deal with that all the time with work. He, he doesn't get told no, and he hasn't been told no for a while. And that's how he thinks the world works. Oh, and now he has the ultimate job. He, he, arguably, the top job in the country. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm the president. Fuck you. I said so. You know, I, you don't think. I, I mean, it's got to take some temperament to not let that go to your head. To, and apparently, we have the first president, or at least one, in, you
0: know. Well, guys, am I the only one to remember his victory tour after yeah. he was elected? Like,
1: dude, you're already elected. What are you doing?
0: Exactly. That that is nothing more than one big ego stroke. Look at me, look what I did. I mean, and that's that's another thing. Has does he really give credit to anybody for doing anything besides himself? He's not he's not a he's not the type of leader who like goes, "Well, I this wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for insert names here."
2: Well, yeah, right. Even in situations where he was explicitly directed to and advised that it, it would be better if you gave credit to, let's say, the firing of Comey to uh, uh, Rosenstein and let it, him, who has a, a bipartisan appeal, be the one to, to actually pull the trigger on it. And he couldn't let it. He couldn't let it stand like that. And the, the very next day, he was like, oh, no, it was me. It was, I was always going to fire him regardless of what anyone said. So the only credit the only credit anybody gets Smile nod. is for having the same great ideas that he the good does.
0: News is you're fired. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, I, except I, for strangely when when it comes to world leaders, have you noticed how much difference he he gives to world leaders that he takes counsel from the leaders of other nations more so than he does people. The <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. He takes counsel from more counsel from world leaders of other nations than he does from anybody in the U.S. Maybe that's a
1: good thing.
0: How? Uh, it, does he really, or is he just letting them think he, he's doing that?
1: Getting advice from people who have the job? Maybe. I'm trying to spin it positive.
0: <laughs> hey, you're a world leader. How's this work? So I, he's obviously... I can't remember the guy's name from China that he sat and talked to, and after 10 minutes was like, oh, shit like you know deer in headlights whoa this is this is this, this, there's way more moving parts involved than i thought
1: maybe the translator's a good tent. Uh, can you ask him to go how do i do this
2: but <laughs> well, he he came out of that meeting saying well i have a whole different outlook on on china and their relations to uh taiwan i think is what he mentioned and uh and north korea so yeah i mean I don't believe for a second that nobody tried to brief him on these issues before he went into that meeting. I believe that he didn't read those briefings, went in blind, and got all his info from from China's uh, whatever they have, prime minister. Remember, he needs charts. He needs lots of pictures. He needs to see his name. I don't know how you work his name into a briefing about China, enough for
1: him to... For it to keep his attention, you just make every other word "Trump" on general principle. Like you know, you write out the briefing, and then you go in, you place him in after, as long as he sees his name. You know,
0: I'm not. I've been. I'm sitting here, and, and as we're discussing all this, a thought just popped in my head. Are, are we so hard on him because he's completely inept, or is it because we're so used to being lied to and? Placated by politicians that it, since he doesn't do that, he doesn't play that game the same way that the politicians were used to. It's just jarring to. It. And when I say us, I mean like you know, not just us. Royal us. Yes, yeah. yes. Because like, well, yeah. I don't know. I, I we, I, we never sat and talked about fucking Obama week in week motherfucking out like we do this cocksucker. And it's starting to really fucking be like Jesus Christ. Every show, it's it's a segment now. The week in Trump, and it's like he never disappoints. We're never at a loss for material.
1: Ooh, segment,
0: I, I mean, but is, segment that, is that us being hyped? We could shove him all is into that, one corner of the show. I mean, but is is like I, I have to wonder. Like, is is?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, I mentioned it on this podcast, and if I did, I'll do it again. A buddy of mine. I kind of hit the nail on the head. He's like, people said they wanted a business guy as a president. We got it because he's making moves that guys who are in uh, CEO positions make. You know, that uh, the, the banning the press, the you don't need to see what I'm doing attitude, the just hiring and firing people at will. Like, that's what a business guy does. That's what everyone said they wanted. Now we got it. But it doesn't, it doesn't mesh up well with politics.
0: Well, it's, it's even the, even his supporters. I've yet, like, just reading in comment sections and on articles and stuff, I'm like, what do you. I, I I don't get what they're, like, so pleased with him about. They're just pleased that he's in office. It's like, yay, our side won. Okay, well, what's he doing that makes you so giddy and happy and gets you all moist and shit? Uh, he won. Well, what the right. fuck's that? Okay, great. He's Go strong. Ahead. He's yeah, America yeah. first.
2: He's okay, going to take but, care but, of us, uh, coal he, miners.
0: You know, and then of course, my question is, when is this going to take care of us start? Because they, you keep saying it. You know, when they say it, they say it as, "Oh, it's coming." When? When's it coming? You know, a one page health care plan is his idea of fixing fucking the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, pulling out of the 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 the, the Paris. Accord is his idea of, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, what it, what, what would you call that? I mean, it's not a, it's not a business move. It's not, it's, it's, not going to make us money in the U.S.
2: No, but I it's mean, a Cole, negotiation it for power the in his thing. mind. He, he says that he will. He's not opposed to being involved in the agreement in general, just not the way it is currently. And then he wants to renegotiate and get a better deal, which everybody else in in the agreement has said, no, we're not renegotiating anything.
0: I mean, maybe I don't have a full, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, I don't have a full understanding of all the nuances of it. But, I mean, if it was something like him pulling out basically bumps coal up as far as, you know, how much money we're going to it's that industry is going to make it's going to make more money it's going to become the the prominent source of energy whatever even if i disagreed with it i could understand why he did it this is almost just like i'm doing it why are you doing it because i can and it is that to me that that smacks of just dude that's that's your ego talking there there's if you just do shit just because you can get away with it that's what children do that's not what that's not what world leaders do And when they do, they tend to be the worst world leaders in history doesn't look favorably back upon them.
2: Right, but it it is clear that Trump has core supporters that are just unshakable.
0: Oh, definitely. The The true believer Kool-Aid drinkers, yeah.
2: Right, this idea that, you know, while these people put him in office to accomplish a certain thing, no, they wanted him in office because of his personality and that's all that they're really concerned about you know Ann, Ann Coulter has been tweeting regularly about uh, about the lack of progress on the border wall good and she get, and she gets told to shut the fuck up she gets told by diehard Trump supporters that she needs to support our president and that he will get to it and that even if it doesn't happen what about the invisible wall that's being created by policies that has uh, immigration at its lowest point in forever, even though it was at net zero when Trump got into office? But
0: And this is Ann Coulter, ladies and gentlemen, the woman who did everything but hike her dress up on national TV, pull her panties down, spread her ass cheeks and say, come on in raw, Donald. I mean, for his supporters to be like, shut up, bitch. You need to shut up and support our president. What does she need to do? Blow this guy on primetime television? Right. I mean, what well, more could she do to support him than what she did? Well, yeah. To, she I mean, was to one be of fair- the earliest supporters of him.
2: Yeah, and to be fair to Ann Coulter, she's doing what most reasonable people do. They vote for a person on certain issues, and when those issues aren't addressed, they're mad and they speak out about it. And... To me, I think it's revealing that the Trump voter isn't really concerned about issues or change. They're concerned about attitude, about appearance.
0: He's a straight talker. That's there. You go. That's that's what I was getting at. I mean, even even when Obama was in office, and his his detractors were like, they they and they could sit there and go, well, he's trying to change us from you know a republic to. A socialist country or, you know, a democratic country to a socialist country and, and, and get rid of capitalism. And like they. And he's,
2: yeah, he's anti-capitalist. The, he's weak. He's a globalist.
0: Like they had a, they had they had whether it was real or not, they had a scenario with an ultimate end game. And neither Trump supporters or detractors really have like that type of theory with Trump because. It's almost like he's he's making decisions by just flipping a fucking coin sometimes. I'm sure they make sense to him, but he doesn't he this goes back to what Chris was saying, the type of boss he he's he's been and and type of president he is, he doesn't feel the need to explain himself. So, doesn't really matter to him. I mean, hey, I made the decision. I'm the president. That's why. That's, he's, he's the ultimate parent going. He's the ultimate parent going because I told you so.
1: He's do as I say, not as I do. Which
0: is yeah, which is very interesting is because old
1: guard leadership.
0: It, I would love to see another world leader treat him like he treats like he treats people, and see how long he, he would even stand for that. Before having a little fucking hissy fit meltdown. I mean, do you guys did you guys see the, the 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 video of when he was overseas and pushing himself to the front of all those leaders to get up oh, front yeah. for the picture? No, but I'm
1: not surprised.
0: I mean, I was hey, like, you friend, gotta look at me. me. It, it was it was like something out of like high school, man.
1: Did he give some? Did he give the small Indian guy a noogie? Hey, look at this guy. <laughs>
0: You know I only give you wedgies because I like you, right?
1: Like every, it's it's like it's John Oliver's bit, and I guess I'm putting a different spin on it. But I and I posted it on Facebook today. Every week I just find myself going, "Is this where we're at now?" Every week, like just what we think can't get dumber, stupider, crazier. Every it, every week, it's a new. The bar is raised or lowered depending which way you're looking at it
0: it's it it's interesting to talk to my friends who've traveled all over the world because they go and they go to countries and they see the remnants and what's left over of nations that at one point were the world power and they kind of unless unless you're dense i don't think you can see stuff like that and not go whoa wait a minute uh, America's not going to be on top forever. Nobody's on top forever. That's not how the world works. I mean, it's, it's just a fact. And, I mean, I, I kind of have to wonder, in our lifetime, have we seen the tipping point? Have we have we reached the top of the mountain and now we're rolling down the hill of, of America's time as world power?
1: I mean, we're a relatively young country. We're still, we're not, we're still what, not even 250 years old. We're still 10 that's years what I'm out on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean... Right.
2: I mean, at this point, it, uh, the next president, if we get somebody more sane in there, can undo a lot of the damage that Trump has done to
1: our relationship with our allies in the world. I mean, you got places like Egypt that have been around but, since, like, the fucking beginning of time. Well, everything. But, but you know what I'm saying, as far as yeah. cohesive nations.
2: Right. But the 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 bigger fear here is that if if we were able to elect Trump, who's coming after Trump, and what does this mean for the U.S. in general? Kanye. If if this is what the the people want, then we're going to continue to get isolationist presidents like Trump, mm-hmm. and ultimately, yeah, in a in a, an increasingly global society, we
0: are going to be the losers. <laughs> I and mean, I'm not laying this at Trump's feet, solely at his feet. I mean, I... I no, there's I, plenty
2: of people who I, put I, him there that, that have the same mindset.
0: I strongly feel that by 1980, with the election of Reagan, and almost every president after him, we've been on a decline. And, it, and I believe there's even an argument to make that after November 22nd, 1963, we've been on a decline. Because that was the last time we had a president that basically told the powers to be around him, go fuck yourself, and look what happened to him. You know, he didn't want to go into Vietnam. He wasn't going to fucking risk a war with Russia over the Bay of Pigs. He did a lot. If you look back at, at his presidency, because he was, because Kennedy was assassinated, and history, we have a tendency to make angels. Or death makes angels of us all. Yeah, Kennedy had his fuck ups and his bullshit. No, I oh, I got back pain. Unless I get some pussy today or whatever the fuck.
3: But That's honestly, the guy was ass.
0: the guy was willing to shake shake shit up to the point where the military, the FBI, the CIA were all going, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on a sec." This this isn't the status quo here. It's like he's the. He, I think he's honestly he listened. To Eisenhower's address of the nation, his last address of the nation, and heard that, you know, hey, look, you got to, we have to be vigilant. We have to beware of the military industry, industrial complex. We ha-. I mean, right. all the warnings that Eisenhower gave, Kennedy seemed to take to heart. And then when he was assassinated, who did we get? We got LBJ who played ball for a little bit, and we got Nixon, and we got the clusterfuck of, of, of Ford and uh, Carter. You know, yeah. And then here comes Reagan. And with Reagan, it's not just any one thing. I mean, it's a, a whole fucking plethora of shit that he set in motion. Ramped up the drug war. We went from 300,000 people incarcerated in this country to now we have two and a half million, and that's a conservative Whoa. estimate right now.
2: Yeah. and What? That, that uh, Reagan-era mentality is coming back under Sessions.
0: Exactly. And let's be honest yeah. here. We really haven't had a a, a strong... Like a, strong classically liberal president in a sense Reagan. We've I mean, there people you,
2: that yeah, they knew how to play the game. Yeah. You, think, you think so if I if i read you correctly on this I mean JFK was taken out essentially because he had too much power.
0: Well, I mean, I'm not like getting off on that. The that was no, the, I think that was threat.
1: he told too much he told too many people to fuck off. Like as far exactly. he, he didn't want to well, he didn't play ball well, right. like Bay of Pigs, there's a lot of people that wanted to see Bay of Pigs happen just to, well, military-industrial complex, back to that conversation. Like, he right, but, he ruffled a few feathers over that.
2: Right, so, but that's how, if you were in that position of, you know, maybe you're in his cabinet and you're not agreeing with the decisions that he's making, that's the justification that you would use Is to say, well, the president has, to, he's too powerful, you know, we have, we need to, they, under the, the guise of checks and balances, what they're really talking about is status quo.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, think about it. If, if Nixon hadn't been taken down, history would be obviously completely different. But, I mean, that was like the, the last little blip when, when, when Nixon went down and Ford was president and we had Carter for those four years. That was like the last blip of... <sighs> the The... The U.S. not being the U.S. that it's been since 1980. I mean, you know, Reagan come in. Okay, we need an enemy constantly. So our new enemy is we're going to refocus. We're not new enemy because it it was an old enemy, you know, McCarthyism. We're going to go back and look at the. Okay, look, the communists are the bad guys. The communists are the bad guys. All right. By the end of the 80s. They've pretty much been regulated to the boogeyman and the stories that, you know, you told your kid if you if you're bad the communists will come get you type shit. Mm-hmm. And in the nineties, I think we were just all so drunk on the tech bubble and people were making money hand over fist. Well, in the
1: nineties it shifted to brown people. The per- that's the Persian Gulf did that. It shifted our attention. Well, it star- over to It started to. Yeah.
0: Because remember we had that we had the ninety three bombing of the World Trade Center that if it happened to Post nine eleven, it would be spoken about in the same fucking tones as nine
1: mm, eleven. But too, you remember the the boogeyman went in the eighties, you know, Gorbachev showed up and Mr. Gorbachev teared down the boogeyman went to Saddam Hussein in the nineties, which then paved the way for, you know, Bin Laden, then Hussein again, and now ISIS. And uh Oh, Russia uh, quickly coming back around though. And, uh, uh, yeah some horse racing well, metaphor about coming up in the race or some
2: shit. Yeah. John, John McCain, the the only Republican that seems willing to speak directly against Trump's policies, said that he believes that Putin is a, a bigger threat, that Russia and, and Putin in, in charge of Russia is a bigger threat to the U.S. than ISIS is by far.
0: At this point, can you argue with them? I mean, they've shown they're willing to meddle to try to sway and succeed here in America I would say elections in foreign countries what what how can you hijack a country's fucking from the inside out more than that I mean unless unless you like you know the Manchurian candidate is is a documentary and not a fucking fictional st- movie <laughs> there's really no other way I mean idiocracy, like I said
1: battling it like out I lately said,
0: when 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 people started saying well you know Russia released, you know, they hacked, the, they hacked the, the DNC's emails and they released them, and people were laughing, ha 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 ha. And then the shit happened during France's election. I stopped laughing. I was like, okay, there's more to this. And mm-hmm. like I said in a private chat, first time everybody laughs, second time people stop laughing. The next time it happens, that's a pattern. That is a pattern of behavior that has been set, and in. They're blatant about it. It's not even... It's almost like we're not going to take credit for it, but we're not going to deny it. And they got that little grin on their face when they say it.
2: Well, yeah, uh, Putin did come out this week and publicly say that the idea that, that this misinformation campaign from Russia, the fact that it had anything to do with the directive coming from the Kremlin, was laughable. And so while he didn't deny that it was happening in his mind... Or not in his mind, in his words, it is just uh, overly patriotic citizens of Russia.
1: He's trying to hide in plain are, sight. That's what that he's trying to do it right upon there. Themselves. He's trying to fucking hide in plain sight. Well, what? Well, what do you mean? No, right? That's people. They love. Right. They love it here so much. They will do that interesting. for like, this
2: country. If if our president was put in a position of denying something like that, uh, he would. It would usually be fed some lines of how, like, he has to decry this behavior. You know, this is a, a abhorrent behavior, and we respect uh, election processes around the world and would never dare to to influence them. And, and, Putin, we're, we're and going Putin's, to Putin's just like, "Yeah, people. Russians are trying to fuck shit up, but don't look at me. None of this shit came from me."
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. T- he I doesn't never even sent a memo out saying go get go do uh, this. Right? Does this boil but down to saying don't go do it either? <laughs> is this, yeah, exactly. Does this boil
1: down to Putin gave the shaggy defense? What? Well, Wasn't yeah, me? He, like he's in charge. He's in charge of the Kremlin, right? Yeah. Wasn't me? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I think you've got to have your head really buried if you are
2: com- believing Putin on this issue and not even admitting that Russia. Was had an active disinformation campaign to a, affect our election. And
1: to jump on what Rich is saying hey everybody gut check time as a country how it make you feel that France didn't get fooled yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah those those, those, those uh, snail eaten fucking frogs that you all hate because Turning they're wearing your white flag, your white flag waving. wearing your berets
1: yeah. riding your bike, stringing your wine not showering yeah being,
0: yeah, being all, rude those, us. Those, those pussies that are on the right wing. Those pussies on the right wing, according to the right wing, that, you know, wave a white flag anytime someone raises their voice a couple decibels. Yeah. Well, they they might be pussies, but they're smart enough not to fall for this bullshit. So, congratulations. We have solidified our reputation as the redneck country of the world.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> We are the
0: goobers of the fucking. So we put
1: two mud flaps with naked women on them on either
0: side of the White House, and and yeah, and then have a no fat chick sticker in <laughs> the rearview or on the on on, on, on the, the back window of our pickup truck. <laughs>
2: right. Well, all the the leaks coming out about the Russian investigation this week, I I couldn't even keep up with all of them. I
1: know, fucking. Right after More we stopped for- recording last week, wasn't it? They found out about the back channel that Kushner wanted.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if we had tackled that. I think at the time we, we were recording last week, we, we just know that we knew that Kushner was identified as person of interest. Yeah,
1: last week they were going to talk, yeah. And then like literally pretty much after we had like stop, that mm-hmm. alert comes over my phone like, oh, shit. like Right, yeah, that's it was, Bond uh, shit.
2: Kushner and I can't remember who the fuck else. Was it, was it Flynn that was in the meeting with them or was it somebody else? That was it that had a meeting with Kislyak. Sh- Fozzie Bear, who knows? It's still and, naming names. And Kushner asked him, this is during the election, asked him for a back channel, a direct line to the Kremlin, so they could speak covertly about whatever they wanted to. You know. And we even hey, found out... Eggplant Also, uh, More leaked information about the fact that the FBI... Has transcripts of a conversation that Kislyak had with the Kremlin. He he called home and was like, "Yo, Kushner wants to open up a back channel." And while you know a back channel is a a secure line that can't that well theoretically can't be monitored. Probably everything can be monitored, but it's very difficult to monitor those conversations. But you know uh, the the only reason that that back channel wasn't opened. I believe, is because the Russians understood, Putin understood, that just the presence of that back channel would be uh, pretty much an admission of guilt. Just the fact that it exists. You wouldn't even have to necessarily know what was talked about. Just the fact that, and this idea too, that this is common. Well, this is just a thing that administrations do. They have back channels. Yes. They have secure lines to other world leaders and other intelligence uh, operations in other countries, when they are in office, like in not when they're running for office, not when they're hoping to get into office. That is definitely not the norm. He thinks. Uh, he got oh, king. and and yet another. Uh, yet another meeting between
1: Sessions and Kislyak. How is another... This is a, another guy. We'll put him in... For a sp- total of three. ...category with Spicer. How does this guy still have his gig?
2: I. He is one of the the most dangerous people in the government right now, yes. in my opinion. And He's saying the most the dangerous I- shit. The idea that he wants m- more cooperation between local and federal police he wants a crackdown on drug users and uh oh, what was the other thing he wanted to um oh the the
1: bringing back mandatory minimums yeah cuz that worked out so fucking well we haven't been releasing people from prison early for the last decade because they've gotten too full mm-hmm
0: and yeah, and it, we're not releasing the nonviolent drug offenders or the people who were moving serious weight without committing violent crimes. No, no, we're releasing violent criminals because mandatory minimums you have to serve the mandatory minimum. But it, I, that's what that means.
2: It, what it means, is, yeah, it, well, it's, it's really about the sentencing phase. It takes away power from a judge to look at a situation and go, well, you were caught with this many of this drug... And that usually constitutes a sentence of blah, blah, blah. But since, you know, this is your first time, uh, you know, maybe the judge believes some story about how this was all personal use or something, or, or for whatever reason, the judge wants to decide that he wants to be lenient. With mandatory minimum sentencing in place, he doesn't have that option. If the person's found guilty they receive at least X amount of years no question and so yeah it it just backs even fuller our already overcrowded
0: prison system how long until put, we're back to the 100 a to 1 to a how long until we're back to the 100 to 1 uh, a standard to where to do the same amount of time that you get caught with 1 gram of rock cocaine right you you have to have a hundred grams of powder, like you know bullshit like that. So basic, I mean, because let's be, let's just let's just cut the bullshit. The, the war on drugs is basically a war on fucking poor people and a war on minorities. You anyone who disagrees with that, go to prisons and take a look. Take a look, see who's in there. I mean, it, it, even even our own statistics that the government puts out. Their own statistics. This isn't from an independent source or a source who, who might be like pro legalization or rich, whatever. If they weren't committing they say,
2: more crimes, then they wouldn't yeah. there wouldn't be more brown and black people in jail.
0: And that's what I'm getting at. The sentencing for white offenders it's laughable. Is a pittance compared to the sentencing of black and Hispanic offenders when it comes to to drug crimes. And people can you know I've heard people even argue this. They say, "Well, it's because you know, when you if you get put on probation, probation costs money. If you can't afford probation, you can't afford all the fees and shit they they throw on you, then they're going to throw you in jail." Okay, well do you now see the problem here? The problem mm-hmm. isn't that well we need these people to be to start paying fees. The problem is we need to stop locking people up over an issue that is not until you commit a crime on drugs and a crime that has a victim, yeah. it is a health issue. Right. Okay? You are... Oh, and and spare me the bullshit of, oh, well, somebody, you know, somebody died in South America to get that cocaine made, so the person who snorts it is implicit in that person's death. Really? How many people I died to put they, that diamond on your fucking finger? That, oh, my God. Don't even me, me a fucking river. Don't get me started on that because that's something that I've gotten into quite a few arguments with women over the years. Who, it's the same, the same type of people who go, "Well, I wear fur, but they're humanely killed." Really? What's humanely killed? Yeah. Uh, how, how? Because I'm going to kill you that way as soon as you tell me what humanely killed well, is. So you tell me the most humane way for you to well, go. It's like too.
1: It's <laughs> it's like that stuff like Chipotle tries to do with you know how their beef and chicken and pork are raised. Like, it all ends up on my plate, doesn't it? Like what is that's always kind of been my attitude on that, like really like you're still raising it to kill it, feed me so I'm with you there I, I, it, it,
0: uh, it, the fact that we are regressing as far as our 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 current administration when it comes to drug laws and shit should scare the shit out of everybody because right now we are in the grips of one of the worst heroin epidemics. In a lot of parts of this country that we've seen so far, people are dropping like fucking flies. Dealers are fucking cutting shit with fentanyl, and people are just fucking falling out left and right. This is this is this is not this is not something that we can stop by locking people up. What we need to do, honestly, it's not popular might even get fucking told. I don't know what I'm talking about by either one of you guys, but what we really need to do is legalize this shit, regulate it and make sure that there's fucking not poison going into people's fucking systems. Yes, because no, I'm, two I'm most, 100% with you. The two most deadly drugs are legal. Alcohol and tobacco. More people die from alcohol and tobacco and the fuckery that, it, that is a byproduct of ingesting those things. Portugal has than Have ever died from from from, from, from marijuana? Ecstasy, I mean... Portugal has everything mushrooms. legal. How
1: often you hear about Portugal in the news? You don't. You know.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's amazing. There was just a... Uh, uh, they come from r- Rave Safe or Dance Safe. I can't remember the, the exact name of the, the advocacy group. But, you know, the, dan- the dangerous party drugs. And it was a fucking amazing what was at the top of the list. Alcohol and tobacco. And then it was prescription pills. Wow. So the, the three things, two two that are legal if you're over a certain age, and one is legal if you can talk your doctor into giving it to you. And hey, if you, if you can't talk your doctor into giving it to you, you just go doctor shopping until you find one that doesn't give a fuck as long as you hand them the cash. The, 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 well, the other, and, we're, we're, and we're not worried about
1: those. Well, the, other, the, hey. the other side of the heroin epidemic that we talk about all the time on the Weisman Podcast available here on ChristopherMeany.net and iTunes is... They start at the doctor's office, which you're just saying, Rich. Most of these people start at the doctor's office, and eventually it becomes cheaper than getting their
0: script refilled all the time. I I have a buddy who I was in a band with, and that's exactly what happened. He had major back surgery. He was in traction for six months. After the six months, they cut him cold turkey off of his painkillers. He went to the street and started buying painkillers, and damn near went broke. Until someone said, hey, man, why are you wasting all these money on these pills and you're eating them by the handful? Just buy some fucking raw and snort it. And, of course, it progressed from there.
1: And big news story this week. I know it's a little bit of sports, Aaron, but Tiger Woods, DUI, blowed 0.0 because he was right. what? Under- it was all pills. Yes, exactly. So,
2: Right. You know, there's two, actually two other uh, news stories that caught my interest, uh, kind of more local to us. One of them was out of Lansing, and that was they are looking to prosecute in in cases of uh, of drug overdoses. They want to bring up murder
1: charges on the dealer. Well, I mean, if you know, I can be on board with that. If
0: you know it's bad shit, can I can I just can, I, it, can I say something that I don't think anyone has brought up? In court, is intent
1: always the big thing? One of the big things. Okay, but.
0: Right if you are yes, so selling the a, intent if you, if you are selling a product mm-hmm. and your livelihood rests on repeat business, which is what drug dealers' livelihoods depend on. why the fuck would you knowingly sell a product that's killing your own customers exactly
2: Greed? also well i mean if it was cut with something that would intentionally poison more so than the normal drugs that they get. It would poison the user i 'd say
1: maybe you 'd have a case, but even if you don 't know someone down the line knew, so I guess that's the person that you should but that 's how we
0: but that 's how we ended up with these draconian fucking sentencing guidelines because they thought well, if we catch the lower the lower-end dealers, and we threaten them with 20 years. They'll roll on the higher-end guys. Mm-hmm. And guess what they did? <laughs> Go look at Colombia. How many motherfuckers do you think were rolling over on the cartels down there? Because they were like, oh, oh we're yeah. not going to kill you. We're going to kill your entire family well, after we rape them, after we skin them alive and behead them.
2: Right. It's, it's this whole, it kind of started in this country with broken windows, the, bo- the policy of broken windows policing, which... Started out as and, and looks on paper like a sane idea The idea that you take care of little crimes And That actually creates an environment Where more major crimes just Don't happen But people took that, police took that And ran with it And used that, it, that turned into stop and frisk Because the little crimes Could now be Having a dime bag on you And who's got the dime bag on them? The brothers the Mexicans, the people that we want to stop and talk to, anyways, and find out, hey, where the fuck are you going, poor, boy? Poor whitey. Cause, uh, yes, poor I'm whitey. I'm board
1: with the poor argument. Okay, you know what?
2: I'll broaden it for you. Poor people. Yes. Who's got the, who's who's holding on some weed that we can fuck with, and maybe it, it, and maybe work God. our way up the chain theoretically, or not even that, just. Meet our quota for tickets. Oh, they want, you know, X amount. They want 30 tickets uh, written this month, and I've only got 20, and it's the 28th. So I guess I'm just going to go downtown and find some people who I know probably have a dime bag of weed
1: on them. And fuck with them. Or even, too, it even goes deeper as far as traffic stops. Let's look for a shitty car. More than likely, you might get some inspired tags, right. driving without insurance. Oh, yeah. guess what? Let me search your cigarette pack. Look what we got here. Hey, there's some beaners in the ashtray. I
0: mean... Right. Well, so, real quick, I, just, I just wanted to say something real quick, because I think it's funny. Chris, I think you're on to something, but I also think that what's, what, what you missed is we've actually gotten to the point in this country where certain drugs... Are associated with certain segments of society. When yes. people say crack cocaine, people think, okay, you know, people in the ghetto smoking crack. When people say methamphetamine, they picture a bunch of rednecks fucking picking scabs out in the desert. Yeah. You know, people say weed, they picture a bunch of dirty, filthy fish fans and shit. I mean, you know, it's it, it, honestly racist. The drug laws. I mean, we weed is weed is on the way to being fucking legal, whether Trump administration wants it to be or not. That's all there is to it. I mean, there's the momentum has picked up. There's just the balls the balls rolling, and it's already rolling downhill. So, it's just going to pick up more. It's darkest before the dawn, right, guys? But I mean, if you think about it, it you know, shit like heroin, coke, all that. Yeah, th- these are not drugs that I would consider recreational drugs. I I can't imagine someone going, hey, let me go pick up a fucking couple grams, of, you know, let's go pick up an eight ball because it's Friday night from the fucking party store, and you know, do that. But still, it's like, how do I explain this? If it was if if these drugs were at some point checked for quality control, then there wouldn't be a need to go. Well, we're going to go ahead and charge a dealer with murder if he sells a hot shot to somebody or something that's cut with fentanyl and that person falls out because i'm gonna tell you what you can walk into any liquor store right now and buy enough booze to kill yourself
1: you know the question well, right yeah, is, the, is there more that's m- money to be made off of the black market existing for whom uh, for the government <clears throat> because right now is, uh, no. that that's the question i'm asking is there is there more money in it for like, him with the black market existing based on they with law enforcement they can arrest people get fines all I this think fun th- stuff. Is there more money being put into the machine that way with the black... Prison market? industry. I
2: think more more dollars coming in from the prison industry look, to make sure that they have plenty of people that...
1: Because look at booze. There's no black market for booze. It's legal. It's regulated. Same thing with cigarettes. No one's walking right. up to you on the street like, well, hey, man, I got these Marlboros. So, I mean, right now, is, is the- there more money in the black market? Does, does someone got to make a pie chart for Donald Trump and show him? hey, look, if it's legal, more money? I don't know necessarily about
2: more money, but risk versus reward... I think definitely falls in the category of keeping the, the status quo on that. But if you also, the, I guess the biggest reason why I'm not a fan of this idea of bringing murder charges against dealers is because I'm not a fan, a fan of that in other cases. I mean, you have the real life example of a case of a bartender over serving somebody who goes on to kill themselves or somebody else in a DUI. And I'm not a fan of that as a, I think that you need to take some personal responsibility and let people have some personal responsibility for their actions. There we Um, go. And, uh, you know, you could drive people crazy by by throwing out another example of if you let this pass, then who's to say that gun dealers aren't going to get sued left and right and fined for murder charges when somebody buys a gun from their shop and goes on to kill somebody or themselves? I think that's
0: happened. It's happened, but it hasn't happened on the level like it did with, like, Big Tobacco around 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. it's Now, don't get me wrong. I could see it coming in the future on that level real easy. And this is where it's like, as, as, as liberal as I am on a lot of things, I got a real fucking issue with, okay, someone legally follows every law, sells a gun to somebody, that person who bought that gun wakes up one day depressed, angry, heartbroken, whatever the fuck, and goes on a fucking killing spree with that gun, then you're going to go back and punish the person who followed every single law to the letter to get to to sell that gun to that person, who, by the way, legally could buy it. That doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah, well, that I don't think that case would stand up in court. I think... If you had somebody who illegally sold the weapon, you'd have a better case. And Different
0: story. Different story, yeah. If you have someone who's legally selling weapons, whether they get used for violent means or not, then yeah, you deserve well, what you get, dumbass. Sorry.
2: Okay, so, so this brings me kind of into the second story that caught my attention on the issue of drugs. The other one was the... I, I believe it was the Ohio governor... Is bringing a lawsuit against prescription drug companies Not the first one I believe Ohio is joining now four other states That are bringing lawsuits against the prescription drug company For pushing their opioid drugs And basically burying data And overselling the benefits And underselling the risks to doctors I like where heads
1: at not gonna well,
2: lie. you know, this is the, the fact that this has been done successfully I, by states against big tobacco is kind of a scary precedent for the uh, for the uh, pharmaceutical companies. I think
1: there is history there. But that we could call you on poisoning our the population? It's finally, yeah. it's finally allowed, right?
2: But then the, so I understand it from that aspect. I'm, I'm hesitant of it for kind of the same reason why I'm against the, uh, murder charges on drug dealers is because there should be some personal responsibility involved in here. And in this case, it's the doctors, in my opinion, because the pimps, you know, it, if you don't understand by now that, Drug companies sometimes manipulate data <laughs> and o- and oversell their product. What? And you just take everything at face value with a buttload of free samples and some pens. You're not a very competent doctor, and I'm certainly not a doctor. But any doctor that I've heard from or talked to, they talk about their uh, when they talk about their profession, it's about this especially now more than ever it's a state of constant learning right you have to keep up on there's constantly new technology new procedures and even just new ways of, of handling patients and, and that process never really stops for somebody in that position It's imagine an auto mechanic you know back in the day an auto mechanic could work on just about any car with a basic knowledge of how all cars work. And now you have specialty mechanics that just work on hybrids because it's a totally different knowledge set. You have specialized mechanics now. You have more specialized doctors than ever, more specialists than general practitioners. So this idea that... uh, you know, the, these doctors are are not being, are not the ones being held more responsible for writing out too many prescriptions and believing what the pharmaceuticals are, uh, companies are, are telling them doesn't really sit well with me. I think the pharmaceutical companies definitely have responsibility in this, though. I just don't know if they have the lion's share of it
1: you know i think it's it's <laughs> i think it's uh, systemic i think it's doc i think they're working together you don't think there's any kickback from any of these drug companies if you oh, prescribe sure. my medicine more this month than my competitors damn hey, that you may not be a direct payoff but hey I guess we're coming to town we're taking you out to dinner We're going to buy this. uh, We're going to buy your tongue depressors next period. You know, that kind of shit.
2: Right. So we already. I think we understand that we have kind of a a fucked up and corrupt system when it comes to healthcare in general in this country.
1: I know. I've always been. I've been screaming since 2012, not to get into discussion about the the, uh, ACHA or whatever the acronym is, but I've been screaming yep. since... We, we're reforming the wrong part. We're reforming the wrong thing. Well, right. I mean, there's th- a
2: lot of talk early on in Obama's plan about what we were going to do with pharmaceutical
1: companies, and the end result was like, uh, I guess, nothing. We should stop gouging in the industry. That's the problem. Like, th- 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 it's the only... like <laughs> I said this before. If the guy in the corner starts charging $10 for gas, guess who goes out of business, and guess who'll have like 8 hundred fucking state and federal agencies right. coming to them and going, what the fuck are you doing? But in some care in the health industry, whatever, it's $32 a bottle of Tylenol, fucking $50 a box of Band-Aids. Why the fuck is that shit allowed? Right.
2: I mean, for in general, I'm for a smaller government, but I would like to see more oversight when it comes to pharmaceutical, food, pharmaceutical companies and more control over pricing, even if it has to be subsidized by our tax dollars because it's another one of those things that's an investment. That pays dividends. Why does it cost me
1: ten thousand dollars? No, it's ten. Maybe it's like two thousand dollars if, if for fucking two hours in the emergency room. Why is that allowed? Yeah, right. It, it's it, it's kind of the same
2: issue to me as uh, well. You know, speaking of uh, the ACA, the Obamacare plan, it was revealed this week that part of the plan in tackling that and changing it. Is to, and without putting another, uh, a bill in place of it, they can simply apparently just disregard the section that says that, um, that you have to cover birth control regardless of what, you know, your employer or a company or anybody else involved thinks about or what their personal beliefs are. That, uh, you know, part of the, uh, the Obamacare plan was to protect access to birth control everywhere. And, Trump's administration is looking at rolling that back.
1: So, Great. this Wonderful. is a, That's
0: just what we need: B- a bunch, a bunch more unwanted children running around.
1: Right. But they'll then complain the, around welfare. Well,
2: yeah, you're anti-abortion. You're anti-abortion. There's, there's you're hard numbers. Control. It's not just a yeah. There's hard numbers that show that greater access to birth control leads to less abortions, and certainly. Less unwanted children. Yeah,
0: I think, I think many, many, many shows ago, we kind of touched on this subject, and I, I really do believe it boils down to, a s- certain people think it's the sin factor. If you're out there fucking indiscriminately, then you, then, a, then a child is a consequence of your action, and you should be forced to deal with that consequence. And it's like, okay, but it, this isn't. This isn't. Uh, oh, I did. I, I lit a firework in my hand and blew a couple fingers off. Poor me. I got to live with the consequences of my dumbass decision. This is another, this is a human fucking being. And if you are that much in the camp of, well, then I'm against birth control and I'm against abortion, then you better be firmly in the fucking camp of taking care of that human being to the best of mm-hmm. our ability if the parents can't. And they're not. Right, because once 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 the little tax break falls out of the crotch, they don't give a fuck no more. You're on your own.
2: Right, this they, is where conservatives get to trot out their version of uh, personal responsibility.
0: If giving, if 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 giant fetuses could walk around, conservatives would 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 care about everybody. That's the only fucking way that, that I see that happen.
1: Instead of adoption, if there was another option at birth that uh, included, uh, if there's an actual option of just give it up to the government, uh, I bet you attitude to change real quick because all of a sudden the government's got all these unwanted kids on their fucking teat draining oh, their is, resources.
0: Though. There is. Uh, uh, um, I believe uh. up until, what is it, a month after birth a mother can drop off a child at a police station, a fire station, mm, a hospital. There's a process for it. And they're not charged with child abandonment. They're not. There's no crime being committed. I mean, so... That's in place, also. I mean, this- it, irks, it irks me because growing up the way I did, I was around a bunch of kids who were, who were thrown into the system and had no hope of getting out. I was lucky, all right. I had, I had, my, my, you know, one parent who really wanted me and fought and got me out of the system. But there was kids who had no hope of getting out of that system. And what do you fucking think is, happens to kids who are raised in jail for kids? They become institutionalized at that age. They don't know how to do any fucking thing for themselves. Right. They're it used they, to being told they, when to get up, when to take a shower, everything. So what's the what's the natural end result of that? Prison. To
2: play the game, but yeah, I mean, it usually leads to it, prison.
0: I mean, it, once you're institutionalized, I mean, it. It. We've all seen. Well, maybe Chris hasn't because he hasn't seen a lot of movies, but I'm pretty sure you've you've at least passed by it on TBS when it was showing. We've all seen The Shawshank Redemption. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Even I've seen that, that is movie. Not,
0: that is not bullshit, guys. I mean, that is... I, I have friends who've done big stretches of time, and they get out, and open spaces terrify them. Because they're not used to it anymore. Their whole world has been inside of you know four walls for so long. That's the only way that they can, can conceive how to function. And what, do, what the fuck do you think happens to all these unwanted children? They don't go, it, it's, you know, yeah, granted, not every fucking unwanted child goes through some Oliver Twist shit, but not every unwanted child ends up being richy rich and adopted by a rich family also. I mean, there's a whole lot that fall in between the, the cracks of those two extremes. The problem is those cracks aren't very fucking nice. And we end up producing adults who are broken, who Have no social skills or very poor social skills. They don't know how to do something as simple as pay a bill because they've never been raised to. Because if you're in if you're in a state institution as a kid, do you think you're going to a public school? Do you think you're getting the best education you can? No. They treat you like criminals. They herd you into a room and they tell you to shut up and behave yourself for a couple hours a fucking day until it's time to go to the next room. That's what they do. And why? This is okay in people's eyes who are supposedly, you know, not to get on this, some Christian shit, but, you know, Christian or, 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 or whatever, you know, conservative and, and life is precious. Where, where's all this life is precious shit then? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I hear a lot of talk, but I don't see any action. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something I think we've all learned as adults. Don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. That's their true, that's their true intent, and that's what they really feel.
2: Yeah. And I think the through line for a, a lot of these issues that we've been talking about for like the last 45 minutes is just poverty. When you talk about unfair prose- persecution by the police and unfair drug charges and you know uh unwanted children these are all issues that stem from poverty. And even when like this week we heard Ben Carson say what what he had to apologize for or Was at least asked to But was The truth honestly when he said At least in his mind And certainly uh, this is the idea That I believe a lot of Republicans have They just don't say it out loud He said poverty is a state of mind So That's their understanding of it Is that Well these people are choosing to be poor You know we can't make people make good decisions like use a condom use a clean needle or don't do any drugs uh, stay out of trouble you know learn to why don't you just learn to work the system the way that we do well it's one thing to hear stuff like this come from the mouths of somebody like Donald Trump who's never known anything close to poverty in his lifetime it's completely different and Outrageous, even to hear it from somebody like Ben Carson. He forgot who to f- did grow up
1: relatively poor. He forgot to finish the statement, though. Is what he should if he should have finished it with was, poverty is a state of mind that you are beaten into by a vicious cycle. Right. Like that's it, it's, like I I'm I, if he, if he, if he ends his statement there, I'm not with him. It's a lot of people are beaten into submission by a vicious cycle that they can't get out of
2: well it's, it's also interesting that you know
1: or they don't know Carson, how to get out because no one has shown them because they're just born into it and the cycle repeats generation after generation after generation
2: right so when this ties into Carson's Ben Carson's general attitude of again getting back to personal responsibility um, and it, it's a, I, you can just go look at Ben Carson's Wikipedia page I mean if this is correct he grew up on food stamps and state assistance. Now, everyone who wants to tell the story about how well this is great—you know, Ben Carson is a perfect example of how a man can grow up in poverty in Detroit and and grow up to be a brain surgeon. But he might
1: have had someone in his wealthy
2: in his right and completely gloss over pushing
1: him, or you know, maybe he had an uncle who figured it out and was like, "All right, Ben, you're smart." you know i'm going to show you how like
2: or or maybe he it maybe it was just all self-driven maybe he lived in a in a world of chaos and no support and he was just determined and saw the path out and took it yeah maybe but, maybe flight kicked in and he went i'm getting out of i'm fucking getting out of here but even that that was supported by the fa- i mean if he didn't have the government assistance that he needed when he and his family were poor him and other family members might have been forced to do things, do illegal things to make okay. up that difference.
0: I'm gonna right? go ahead and say reckless speculation on my part. Yeah. If he grew up okay, because I, I, I actually I know a musician uh I used to be in a cover band with who actually went to high school with him. Okay. Grew up and grew up in, in, in the same area to Detroit. And if he grew up in his rough of neighborhoods, as I've been told, and we've all been told, that someone in his family was doing some some dirt at some point, um, and I'm, no. gonna say, I'm gonna say I must say somebody probably somebody got something out of it. I mean, because it's just the odds are not against that. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Yeah, if I said guarantee, I, I misspoke. I'm just saying the odds are heavily in the favor of that. He wasn't. He didn't come from a bunch of fucking like you know perfect saints and angels. Everybody in the family was great and wonderful. I mean, that just the odds of that happening in that type of environment actually are almost nil. I mean, the, think about it. Do you it, it, one, it, all families have a black sheep somewhere. The,
2: on his Wikipedia page, it talks about how his mother attempted suicide and was in several uh, psychiatric hospitals. Um. Which were probably government subsidized.
0: I mean, <laughs> I well, just, it's a good thing she—it's good thing she had her breakdown before Reagan closed all those hospitals.
2: Right. So, Sorry. so Carson—you know—Carson had support from the government when he was growing up, and it seems like I'm saying this every week. But what is with this fucking mentality of? You know, climbing the ladder to success and then kicking it out so that nobody else can get up.
0: What was okay? uh, Craig T. Nelson from the show Coach and uh, TV's Coach. He was in poultry. He was in poultry guys too. Uh, He had a he had a classic quote that surfaced around I think 2004, saying, "Yeah, when I grew up, our family was on food stamps, but we never got no handout from the government." That's the mentality you're talking about right there, man. Right. They don't see. See, it's like the pie-in-the-face routine. It stops being funny when it starts being you. Food stamps are entitlement programs that lazy fucking cocksuckers use, except for when you're on food stamps. Then you're getting the, you're getting the help that you need, and you deserve it, because your family's paid into the system. So the system's working properly, as long as it's happening for you. But when Joe Blow next door gets food stamps, oh, he's a piece of shit. You know, he's a lazy bastard, doesn't want to fucking work. When the guy down the street blew his back out working, you know, some fucking menial labor job and is on disability, he's a piece of garbage sucking off the system. It's it, it, it really is kind of the whole thing. Like the myth of the the, the, the gritty, independent American is just that it's a myth. Nothing that has ever been accomplished worth a shit has ever been done without somebody helping somebody at some point along the way. That's not a bad thing. It's not. It's not a shameful thing to go. Hey, look, I hit a bad spot. Are the average life. Okay, what's the expected lifespan of the average person in this country? Somewhere in the in the in the high seventies. In, in all those years, the odds that you're going to hit a bad spot are pretty high. It's, there's nothing shameful in helping a person out of that spot. What's shameful is that we enable a culture of if you can work the system, then it becomes something you hand down instead of life skills to your children. You hand down the knowledge of how to work the system. Here, Here's, how you, here's what you tell the, the DHS officer. Here's what you do. You go here and you file this and you file that and you file that. If you have the ability to remember all that shit, then you have the ability to remember, well, I don't know, shit you would learn in college. But they don't, but but we don't, we don't frame it that way. It's, it's, it's almost bats backwards. We should do, I mean, to me, welfare has always been explained as this. It's a, it's a hand up, not a handout. And when it becomes a handout, that's a problem. But the problem is also, we don't really promote upward mobility from welfare. Remember the whole bullshit? Work the welfare, or welfare to work. Mm-hmm. That shit backfired like a motherfucker. You had people who were taking buses for four hours a day to go work five hours in neighborhoods and in stores they couldn't afford to shop at, because oh, you had to do this to get your little two hundred dollars in food stamps a month. Right. Well, it, okay. it's a then, spec- then then the then the kids that they need the food stamps for they got to pay for a babysitter. So by the time they get done paying for the babysitter, they they break even or they're in the in they're in the red because. They're shelling out more money to go to a job than they're bringing home
2: yeah it's this it's this concrete thinking of the idea that there's there's no such thing as an acceptable loss with this program you know if you compare like if you look like at an aid program uh you know some charity gets together a bunch of money <coughs> to send over to you know earthquake victims in in Indonesia somewhere or some something like that. And you send off that money to a place that has some corrupt, fucked-up government in it, and a good portion of that ends up getting skimmed off the top, ends up lining somebody's pockets rather than actually giving them potable water and a roof over their heads. But there's still a portion of that money that gets to where it needs to go. And so the charity looks at that and goes, well, that's a fucked-up situation, but we're going to continue to send money And just hope as much of it gets to where it needs to go as possible. They don't go, well, that program's done then. This understand like any system can be fucked with and are there people out there who have multiple identities and are are getting multiple welfare checks or unemployment checks or finding some way to to rig the system in their favor? Yes, there are. It doesn't mean that we cut off these programs. Or start trying to just dump people and math from them, because there's people that have figured out how to cheat the system.
0: How, when you cheat the system and you're a poor person, you're a welfare queen. When you cheat the system and you're a politician, we reward you by reelecting you.
1: You, you're play, you know how to play the game. How come you know we don't have the attitude? At least our government never has had the attitude. They say they do. They're fucking lying. Of our people are our most valuable resource. Because we're not setting them up, why does our right to an education stop at twelfth right. grade we're not in brackets there.
2: it should be some, some of our people are our most valuable resource,
3: yeah,
1: the
2: rest we tolerate. You
1: get a free education until twelfth grade, okay, when we came up with that a fucking hundred years ago, you didn't need education beyond you were you were heading for a farm or so, or something else you know what I'm saying you weren't mm-hmm. and now it's how come we haven't you know, if you're right wing and you agree with some of the things I say, here's where, here's where I lose you. I mean, how, why isn't our, why isn't our college, sis, how come our, how come our educational needs haven't evolved to the government? Like, okay, um, if we don't want half the country right. living below the poverty line, we need to set them up for success better. All right. Hey, we're going to start funneling more money into colleges now. And hey, guess what? Uh, everyone gets to write to four year college as well. The money's there. Yeah, but the we also, know
0: it's there. The- the elephant in the room that we're not, besides, what, I mean, it's. I'm piggybacking off of what you're saying, but the elephant in the room besides that is, as we move more towards automation and less physical labor, and in, especially in manufacturing, we're not coming up with anything to replace it for all those people who no longer are relevant to companies who only care about the bottom line and how much money their stockholders can stuff in their pockets. Well, and that's an issue. because Although we're more technical
2: jobs yeah but you know they were not transitioning those people from labor jobs to technical jobs
0: and i and i'm just throwing numbers out there these are not hard and fast numbers so they're they're just bullshit i'm pulling out my ass let's say it takes 10 people on a line to assemble the front end of a car okay they develop them two machines that can do it all right it's not going to take 10 people to make sure those machines work. It takes one person who has the skill and knowledge to keep those machines running, maybe another person if they need help. So, so you've now downsized. You've got the two machines to do the job of 10 people, and you have, let's say, I'll be generous, three people there to work on the machines in case they break down. That's seven people displaced without a job. And our attitude is, oh, well, so what? Too bad. That's life. Really? That's life. These are people that did everything the right way. They went to school. They yeah. You think it's easy to get into the fucking Ford, Chrysler, GM? Go ahead and try. I fucking I dare you. Try. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, unless and, you and unless it, you've got it, an in, like, you know, your dad or your uncle or somebody works there already.
0: Oh, I I'm I'm a legacy at Detroit Diesel. My grandfather retired after 40 years there, and I have an uncle that retired mm-hmm. after 35. I can't even get them to sniff my fucking hey, resume.
1: Hey, guess, guess where he doesn't work.
0: Okay, I mean, okay, but this is these where people, these people did everything the right way, and now we're going up oh, too bad. Oh, well. And here's the thing if we had programs in place to help them, and they said, I'm not doing that, that's when you look at them and go, Well, you know what? You're sitting in a big shit pile of your own making. And right. until you want to get up and take a shower, there's nothing we can do to help you. It's no different. Now I'm, I'm born with you. There, it's no different than someone who wants to drink themselves to death. And You can have all the interventions you want. You could disown them all you want cut them out of your life until they say I don't want to fucking drink myself to death. They're not gonna stop, but let's be honest here Do you really think the, the the vast majority of people are willing to sit in a pile of their own shit just because they don't want to fucking do? Something that, that, that takes them outside of their comfort zone if, if they were if there was a program that I could sign up for right now and at the end of that program, get a job with, with, with one of the companies I was just talking about, I don't give a fuck. I'd go, on, if, I had to sleep, if I had to sleep on someone's couch because all of that program took up my entire day, if there was some sort of light at the end of that tunnel, I'd be willing to do it. But there's not. And you, it goes back to what we talked about a few episodes ago. You take people in poverty, and you take their hope from them, and what the fuck do you have left? It breeds de- it breeds depression, it breeds addiction, it breeds broken families, abuse, and, po- and, and, and the cycle just continues to the next generation, to the next generation. And then you got the people going, well, look, here we go. These welfare people, they've been on it for five, six generations. We're not offering them a way out. I mean, I don't know if I agree with, with as long as you go to college, it should be free, but college should, by no fucking means, cost what it does. Period. There's no excuse for fucking someone to graduate with a four-year degree and be over $100,000 in debt. There's none. I, 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 or just and, somewhere
1: it, the it, government gives you an option after high school. Hey, we'll pick up uh, four years of college. Or, hey, maybe college isn't your thing. You want to go to trade school? Hey, we got that. Or, or
2: you know, simple things like not uh, actual, actually subsidizing... Uh, Government uh, school through government loans and not charging interest on that, which we are back to now. By the way, hey man, the- we are not we are we are back to aggressively pursuing people who have uh, debt from student loans and taxing that student loan as well. One of the so so people who are paying on their student debt are not even paying down the
1: principal of yeah. it. They're just paying off interest year over year. Well, the few things I'm down with the J-Man on, as far as philosophy goes, is we're not teaching people to fish. We used to. We're just, it's, it's, we're just giving them the
0: fish. And Wait, we're, who's we're, the J man? Jesus. Jesus.
1: Just we're not we're not we're not. It, it ties on what
0: Rich says. We're not offering people a way out. What is it that Doug Stanhope said? If you teach him, ma- if you if you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach a man a fish, he's got to get a fishing license. He has to. <laughs> <yeah."> <laughs> you see where he was going yeah, with that? The bureaucracy. <laughs> I, I, mean, I like mean, one of the, the things. One of I, one oh, of the things. Real, I'm real quick though, about I'm sorry, fishing.
2: One of my favorite tweets that I saw this week said something like, if you give a man a fish, he looks at you and goes, what the fuck's with the fish? And if you teach a man to fish, the man says, what the fuck is with this guy in fish? He's like obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) This
1: guy didn't have an internet connection? Teach me how to Amazon.
0: You know, one of the the subjects I've been meaning to bring up, and for whatever reason it slips my mind for the last couple weeks, is i've been hearing and reading more and more about universal basic income and that being tied to the the us basically being at the tail end of the industrial age moving into the tech age yeah and i it's one of those things that okay look i can see where people argue against it and i can see where people argue for it but at a certain point is it inevitable Mm. I mean, is 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 it just we are? There's already there's. I mean, that's, a, already, that's I believe, it for a capitalism.
1: If you do it,
0: I, I believe there's a providence in Canada that is already doing this. Right. I mean, no, I would. I,
2: Rich, I think you're right in the fact that it is probably inevitable because we are going to reach a breaking point where there's more people unemployed in this country than we're comfortable in 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 dealing with by just saying, well, that's. You know, people not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps because we just legitimately don't have jobs. I mean, just trace the path of population explosion over a job availability in, in the more dominant, uh, industries in our nation. And they are going to cross over drastically in the not too distant future. My, th- so yeah, a universal, it, we may be, the same way that we have been paying farmers not to farm, we may have to pay a lot of people not to work in this country. My, my rub... And we won't
1: be alone. With the universal basic income is not with, you know, the it, it's going to kill people, pull themselves by the bootstraps. No, it's human nature. Whenever, at least, it, it, it seems whenever you give people something... That wasn't there before The entitlement attitude shows up after a while Like you got along without it before it, 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 to, to, to break it down to a base level It turns into Where's my free shit? Like you, right, you got along but, without your free shit before And then once it's there and it, the, the, That's my problem with it I, but, I'm, but I'm not talking about
2: Like we have to restructure the, the US and the way that we think of capitalism In this country it, it's not really about that I'm talking about
1: A world change like, I'm, like my argument against it Right now in this country Is the healthcare system And just the general attitude with it Like we argued We've talked about it before Before 2012 People weren't walking around Bleeding out in no, the streets All that st- And since 2012 Now it's, it's come to You know especially when the, the house passed the Their version of You know Whatever the hell they want to call it you know, it all turned into oh, they're, they're voting to kill us, and everyone's going to lose their health care. Like that's what the the entitlement attitude creeps in. I guess that's just what I don't like about it. Yeah.
2: But but this is this is a world, an inevitable world change that will completely re- restructure our country and change the way that we think about government in general.
1: I mean, isn't that like the basis of communism? Here, everyone's the same. Here you go. Government's got your back. Don't worry about it. See, I,
2: you. I guess we'll have to find I, out as we as we get closer to that moment. But
0: I, I Chris, I think you're taking and I did uh, solely because I can't think of a better word to, to use to describe it. The more conservative thought on universal basic income. When I think of universal basic income and the drawbacks, I think of more. P- P- How do I put this? People most people need a reason to keep going most people need something in their lives that drives them to get up every morning and it kind of fits in with what you're saying well if people were fucking given you know basic housing and basic food needs and and, and clothing costs and shit what's you know what what's where's where's the motivation to want more my my thing is I would worry about people becoming stagnant instead of doing what cuz let's be honest I think if all three if, if if universal basic income became a thing like magically tomorrow I think all three of us would be the, like This is doing podcasts every day. Exactly. This is our this is now our job. Yeah. This is our right. job. This is what Think about all the great craft
2: beers we would have.
0: <laughs> I mean I know, right? it would be a great boom for artists it because because the 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 cliche of the starving artist—that's not a cliche for no reason. You—it is almost impossible to make money as a legitimate artist these days. Someone who wants to create doesn't want to play. I mean, like we've talked about when you know, I told my family growing up, I, I want to make a living playing music, and they heard, "Oh, you want to be a rock star?" No, I want to make a living playing music. If you could make, a, if you could genuinely have all your basics covered. And go out and create art, whether it be writing, film, m- music, whatever, and make income from that as well i don 't know about you guys, but i 'd be happy as a pagan shit yeah i mean i 'm gonna be honest with you guys when you Chris when you hit me up for the fucking to do the podcast, mm-hmm. I was at a very weird point in my life because I had just my divorce had happened. A few years earlier, my mother had died a few years earlier. My grandmother didn't know who she was and and was on the way out due to Alzheimer's. And I actually had someone in my family sit me down and say, look, you need a reason to live. You need to find a reason to live. And I'm not even fucking being hyperbolic with this shit. I feel like fucking agreeing to do this show with you guys pretty much pulled my ass out of a pretty dark spot. And... I don't know if I'd be sitting as well off mentally as as I am, three years later, if I hadn't if I hadn't just fucking said, you know what, yeah, I'll go, I'll go over to their studio and I'll take a shot at it. If it, in my mind, it was like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, nothing lost. But then the part of me, the the self doubt in the back, was like, why the fuck are you gonna go do a stupid ass podcast? Who gives a shit about a podcast? Blah 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 blah. I heard, I didn't even have to have people tell me the reasons not to do it. I was thinking them in my own head and i had to go look here asshole shut up and take a back seat for once and i mean even you've said it even you said like in the, in in the 3 years we've been doing this you're like i've even seen a shift in your attitude uh, just in dealing with you on a day-to-day basis Yeah. <laughs> so i mean you know uh, granted i can, uh, you know i there's always a rant on deck don't get me wrong but i mean it's it, it, it's not as it's not as bleak. I mean and this honestly, this I don't care. This is the this is the bitch of this 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 show. And this is what I think people need to understand is that when when I talk about universal basic income and say people need a reason to do something, I worry for the people who haven't found anything for them to do that, that gives them pleasure like that. Yeah. Because those are the people that will become stagnant. Those are the people that are happy to just exist. Their entire life is static. There's no forward or backward movement. It's just they're it's there. It's just
1: Lane Staley waiting for someone to bring drugs over every day?
0: Yeah. Pl- yeah. I mean, well, no, wait, he had a reason. He, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? You know funny is reading up on his story after his, well, I don't think they were ever married, but after his partner died, that's really when he went downhill. Because it seemed like they were keeping each other as fucked up as it sounds, you know Chris Rock said it best. He's like, "You can't be a junkie in a relationship with a Christian, but two junkies will stay together forever." <laughs> like, and and that was it. Seemed like that was his reason to keep going. I mean, and it wasn't very long after she died that he went also. I mean, but <sighs> to me, the risk is 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 worth the reward if it works, because right now. I don't know if Capital, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as say capitalism is evil, but capitalism chews up and spits out a lot more people than just us in the US. We don't see on a day to day basis the destruction left in the path of our cheap fucking TVs and our cheap cell phones that is basically propped up by, with capitalism. We don't see it. We know it's there. But it's like, eh, it's 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 over there. It's someone else's problem. It's
1: like a hot dog. Don't tell me about it. Just put it in the bun. I want to eat. Yeah,
0: I. Yeah. What, what is the famous so, quote? Don't tell me about or something. Don't tell me. Don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby. Yeah. You know that type of thing. And that's not that's not a attitude that can sustain a world economy indefinitely. I mean, as at a certain point. The people getting shit on are going to get real fucking tired of it. And I mean, if there's no hope to, for for them, I mean, if we have people here who feel hopeless in the U.S., imagine being in some third world fucking shithole, putting together fucking iPhones for those fat, rich Americans for 50 cents a day and no bathroom You can't even kill yourself because they put nets up. God, I really hope that's a fucking urban legend. I really do. No, it's, it's, it's that's true. true. It that's
1: is? That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That is, that is one of the saddest, and I, and I don't mean sad as in pathetic. I mean, that is literally one of the most depressing things I've ever heard in my life then. That is, I mean, that is, I, I agree with Hunter S. Thompson. I'd feel real trapped in this life if I didn't know suicide was an option. And if that was my life, yeah, buddy, a high dive off of, off of a tall building would be looking pretty good at a certain point. And if I couldn't even do that, I, didn't, I, didn't even, I knew I didn't even have that option. What the fuck's the point in living? You're not living. You're just being used as a cog in the system. And when you're fucking used up, they're going to throw you away. Because you think they got retirement plans? (laughs) What's the retirement plan? They take the net down? (laughs)
2: All right. No, your your retirement plan is your your kids. They're the one that's going to... That's who's going to take care of you when you're too old to work anymore.
0: I mean, I always thought it was interesting how people who hate immigrants and immigration... There's too many of these fucking foreigners coming over here and taking our money... Why? if you feel that way then why aren't you out there electing people who want to make their life better in their own country so they don't come here and take your precious money and jobs from you why is that never on the table as a possibility it's just right. keep them the fuck out then
1: we'd have to think we'd have to, we'd have to make conscious choices
2: well, we can't even think of, we, we can't comprehend that on a local level how could we comprehend it as a nation on a global level. We don't understand the fact that supporting people that live in poverty in the inner cities is one of the best offenses against the crime that spills out of the city. You know? You don't want to be stabbed by a person just trying to get their next hit or have your house robbed. Well, (laughs) supporting the poor in the inner cities will... Keep them from going down that path that eventually leads to, you know, either your loss of property or sometimes life.
0: You know, there's when you join the military and you go to boot camp or basic training, they have what they call an acceptable amount of attrition. They know the minute that you get off the bus and that drill instructor gets in your fucking face and tells you to get your ass over on those yellow footsteps that a certain number of those people aren't going to fucking make it to the end of boot camp. That's yeah. just a fact. And they plan for it. It's
2: meant to be a weeding out process.
0: Now, the problem is, is that too many people think if we help the poor, then all the poor, you know, then if, if we help people out of poverty and et cetera, et cetera, then there should never be any crime. No one will have an excuse to make crime. There's always going to be people wired wrong. There's always going to be people who are fucking oh, yeah. looking to, to get over and hurt other people. There's always going to be people who are willing to fuck you over to get an extra dollar in their pocket. The the thing is to limit the number of those people as much as possible. And right now, it seems like if well, if you once you get caught in the system, the system is not there to get you out. The system is there to keep you in because the system feeds on more people being in the system. I mean, if you have to, if you, if you look no further than something like, uh, like uh, uh, shit. We were just talking about it. uh, probation. How that works? They don't make money by getting you off probation. They make money for finding ways for you to stay on probation, yes. yeah. and so they try to find that. Lo- they try to f- find that fine line to walk between the threat of you have one leg over the line of you got one foot in jail and you got one foot in freedom with probation. And they try to find that line and make everyone walk it because if we, we scare the shit out of you with jail enough, then you'll fucking play ball when it comes to probation. But we also don't want you off, so we're going to violate you but not bad enough to send you back. I mean, I've had friends that have literally completed jams here in Michigan. I don't know what it is nationally. I mean, literally completed it. They went to their last probation officer meeting. Congratulations, you made it. They shake their hand, they send them out the door. Two weeks later, they get a fucking letter in the mail saying there's a warrant out for their arrest because they violated their probation. And they're like, I, have, I haven't I have been on probation for two weeks. How f- I haven't done anything. It's just, get back in front of the judge, get them back in the system. Hey, Aaron,
1: remember when the system tried to suck you back in it? it was it last year? Oh, yeah. Fucking, what, from a ticket that was what, paid a year prior? Maybe even more? Yeah, that was, uh, I guess, some
2: sort of clerical error. Yeah. That caused my license to be suspended for what they were showing as an unpaid ticket. It th- but it sounds like
1: the first time you were like, Yeah, pull me over. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I'm legit this time. And then all, all of a sudden it's like well, well no, I mean I I know
2: that this isn't the same as being uh you know, jailed for you know, minor drug offense or something like that, but I've had Same my experience kind of gangster with, shit man. with with being with being in the system. If just you know, you get one ticket that you can't afford to pay or you don't because you're responsible and it just snowballs into this whole situation you know, that goes on for years. And you know, you you pay off what you think is your your last payment and you're like, "Give me my license back, please." And they're like
1: and eh, not so fast. No, yeah, when you were paying it off, yeah. I remember you like you had to go back. What was it like three times? Because you go back and they're like, "You're like, all right, I brought the amount you told me last time." Oh, hey, it changed. And finally, for like the third time, you were finally done. I remember it was comical. Well, right there was it was driver responsibility
2: fees that I was paying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and oh, legal extortion,
2: <laughs> right? Which I believe has since been of-
1: done away with.
2: Right, most of them have been done, have been eradicated completely. Yeah, like during the time where I was paying them, I even brought it up to. I was like, "Oh, am I off the hook for these?" And
0: they're like, "Oh no, no, you, we grandfathered you in." Right. Yeah. Go buy a lottery ticket; it's your lucky day. Your receipt. So yeah, there didn't was like, change.
1: It's still
2: there due. was uh, some reason why you know I was like I, I was on a payment program with them, paying them off a little bit each month. Because I mean, they rack up into the thousands of dollars quickly. Oh yeah, and you know, I brought in what I thought was my last payment, and sure enough, they're like, "Oh no, you've got a, a you know second year driver responsibility fees that kick in this month." So there's another year paying them.
0: You know, but- my 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 favorite new scam that they're running now is car insurance. One of the questions I ask oh, you these God. days. It's not new. One of the one of the questions. Well, no, 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 no. They've added to the scam. I guess i say the, the Okay, my favorite amended scam they've they've now uh, gotten to is car insurance. They ask you, do you have health insurance? And if you answer yes, your premiums are marginally lower. If you answer no, oh boy, they go through the roof. Now here's the bitch is that of it. Part of the
1: A C H or A H C A.
0: Here's the bitch of it. I now have. Yep insurance through the state because i'm fucking poor i go to my car insurance company i just had to re-up my policy they said we need a fax and, and copy of your of your proof of uh, health insurance okay mm-hmm. no problem sent it in guess what oh you get your insurance health insurance through the state that doesn't count so what your that? That car insurance count. your car insurance will continue to be 2400 dollars every six months Have a nice day. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what they're looking for is that, uh, your health insurance covers a, a certain amount of hospital stay and, you know, whatever bodily harm might come to you in case of an accident that would probably fall on your insurance company if you didn't have that coverage. If you're you in an auto accident and had to be hospitalized or have surgeries,
0: that's the, uh, yeah, that's the excuse they use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm mean, not, and, I'm and, not and, saying
0: it's right, but that's,
2: yeah, that's their justification Oh, no, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. And, I mean, you know, I heard this on another podcast that we all listen to. Um, well, I think we all listen to. Uh, and it was an article about a lady who has been caught up in the cycle with tickets. And the host of the show was just, well, wh- why does she keep getting tickets? What's her problem? If you know that if you know you can't afford to pay a ticket, don't speed. Blah 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 blah. And I could, get, ooh, it irritates me that I felt this way because I hate when this this term gets thrown around because I feel it gets thrown around willy nilly. But you could almost hear, I, I could I, from from the speakers I was listening to it. I could hear that I've never been that broke coming out of the fucking speakers. For lack right. of a better word. The privilege coming out of his, the fucking speakers from his mouth, and I'm like, do you not understand? If you are poor and are driving a beater car, you are more likely to be pulled over because you're in a beater car, and you're less. You're more likely to get a ticket because they're less likely to let you off. Now, once you get that first ticket, it's like a concussion. Every every subsequent ticket, it's a lot easier to get because they run your record and they go, oh, you got a history of this. So keep ticking them. You're not going to get let off with a warning if you got fucking. Five points on your license, yeah, because hey, you're not learning your lesson. So here's another ticket, and then your insurance goes up, and then you and then you can't pay it. So now you're driving without insurance. So the next time you get pulled over because you're driving a beater, they run your record. Oh, now you're driving with no insurance. You haven't There's have ticket unpaid tickets. That. Right. We're going to take you to jail. We're going to impound your car. That's $800 a, a day.
3: This could be some kind of scam.
0: Right. Et cetera et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this when you can't afford any of that
2: shit, they yank your license. You still got to get to work so you can afford to pay them, so you drive anyway.
0: Mm. That's where it gets really, yeah, that's where that's where the, the real fuckery starts rearing its head because now you're looking at jail time just to go to work. But if you don't mm-hmm. go to work, you're looking at jail time for not paying your fucking tickets. Yeah,
1: I, I was with you on that, Rich. I'm sitting there listening. I wasn't so much hearing the privilege. I was having a thought of like, eh, it's not that simple, man. It is, yeah. Sure. What no, this, podcast
2: was this? Uh, Drew, this is Drew, Drew and Mike. Yeah, I stopped listening. Or Drew and Mark. I, Drew and Mark. I, I, I can't stand most of the people that he has co-hosting with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I love Mark. Yeah. I don't I, really I like
2: Mark. I think he's an idiot. And I hate Trudy. Maz is growing on me. Maz is an idiot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maz is a Maz is a big teddy bear. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, like seriously, Maz is just like I just want everyone to like everyone. And we all, can't we all watch Batman together? You know, what I mean, that's. I, I honestly,
2: I the only time I was listening when I stopped listening. It was, I was only picking up the Charlie Ladoff episodes. So, since he's been gone, it's really not worth it for me. Ah, gotcha. But I
1: mean, it's, he might as well have said, hey, why don't you just not be poor? Like that, yeah. that, and thats that kind of attitude. Like, and here's it just don't get pulled over. Not- like, yeah, you can be doing all the right things, and they can come up with a reason to pull you over, especially if you're in a
0: beater looking car. And here's the beauty of this situation I would, if I didn't know Drew's background, I would probably give him a lot more fucking slack on this one. But I remember, I, I've been a listener since like the early 90s. I've read, I, I remember them reading off the Wikipedia page of his high school and all the rich people that went there and the college he went to. Now, I'm not saying he grew up rich, but he definitely didn't grow up hand to mouth, not knowing where his next meal's coming from. Yeah. I mean it was he's he's even said himself it was just a, his brother's a doctor it was a given he was going to college and he was like looked at as the black sheep for a, a time because he went into radio with his college yeah, education i did
1: not have any friends who lived in the projects or grew up working class or anything like that I mean,
0: well working class is one thing i'm talking working poor i'm talking people who go to work every day and they barely are above the poverty line which is artificially low and bullshit. I don't know how you expect they expect someone to raise a family of three. I think you
1: and I might have a, the same definition for different terms. Because I mean, it's most people I hung out with, their family were pretty much uh, working just to keep to stay at zero, just to keep the lights on, food in the fridge, and we'll do this all again next month.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say that that's that's the that's the ideal situation for them. At the end of the month, their bank account has just enough in it. To where they don't have to, you know, they're not like, "Oh fuck, I'm overdrawn again" or something like that. Yeah, just keeping it at zero. Just yeah, just hey, if I break even, I'm happy. Yep. That's 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 who I grew up with.
1: That's how, that's how Mandy and that's how I grew up until re, uh, I stopped going to private school. Real, all of a sudden in high school, wait, we have money? What? What's this? <laughs> Like it's, Is that because you were no longer in private yeah, school? Yeah, <laughs> it's because we went to public high school. I just remember t- growing up, it was no, no, we can't afford it, no, we can't afford it. Like, knew what that
0: meant, and then all of a sudden, high, what, huh? Get an addition on the <laughs> house? You're like, hey, Dad, fuck my education. I need a Sega Genesis. All right. <laughs> no. Send me to public school. No, I still didn't. Yeah, I know, right. Still didn't get the, I didn't, nope. The last
1: one they bought for me was in NES. Everything I that after that's been on me. Oh, we got universal basic, basic universal basic income. That's where
0: we were, right? Well, I mean, this oh, this wow. is this is under the. I mean, uh, this all goes back to what Aaron, what you were saying. It all relates back to to poverty. And right. I, look, I can I can understand his point of view, saying it's a state of mind. I, I okay, I get that. Then why, if it's a state of mind, then why aren't we? breaking our backs to find a, the best way possible to teach as many people as possible how to get out of that state of mind. instead of just looking at him going, "Ugh, you, you have a poverty state of mind. Just not be poor. Yeah. Have, oh, I'm sorry. You got shot in the gut. Have you just tried not bleeding out? And
1: I'll, I'll even put up my own anecdotal evidence as maybe an argument, uh, for against Ben Carson. Uh, it's, I mean, I was no means living in poverty, but I was used to until a few years ago every fucking dime counted in my paycheck, and I've been out of the mindset for it's ha- it's hard to get out of the mindset of rubbing two pennies together. Like it's if it is a if it is a mindset, Ben, it ain't that hard just to snap out of it.
0: The problem is you have a lot of people who heard him say that, and they're the professionally offended. They're the people who likened what he said to saying to someone with with like severe like mental disorders, like severe depression or something like crippling depression going, "Well, have you tried not being depressed?" Right. And it's like, "Okay, look, there is a grain of truth in what he said, but with I having taken into context everything else he said, his intent was basically to be like, well, just don't don't have a mindset of being poor and you won't be poor.
2: And right. if it was we, that we easy, we'd all these, be millionaires. We shouldn't be helping these people because they're not willing to help themselves and nothing that we do is going to change their
0: situation. Well, here's the thing. You don't know if someone's willing to help themselves until you try to help them. And if you try to help them and they smack your hand away, then I'm back to sitting in a pile of shit of your own making. If that's what, If that's what you want then knock yourself out man because just as just as I'm like hey look you're free to do whatever the fuck you want love who you want fuck who you want as long as you're not hurting someone else and and everybody is consenting to it I don't care the flip side of that coin is if you want to fucking sit and rot in the fucking street and drink yourself to death that's your right too but at a certain point, I'm not going to give you my sympathy when, you, when I'm trying to help you and you slap my hand away multiple times. I'm just going to step over you next time I see you on the street.
1: We don't give people an opportunity to get out of it. We give people an opportunity to tread water. I guess that's what we don't realize. We don't, we don't offer you an opportunity to break the cycle if you've, if you've never had anybody to show it. We offer you an opportunity to stay in the cycle, to just keep your head above water. I think that's kind of like the breakdown in our system. We don't we don't give you a chance to get out of it. We just go. Ah, we'll just give you some help till you get back on your feet. Don't show you how to get back on your feet. Just assume you know how. Right. Yeah. I mean, when well, I
2: was on uh, the the short period, I was on unemployment. I th- there was a uh, some sort of jobs program that I was supposed to be involved in. I mean, it was a fucking joke, and it was also. While they talked about it being required, all that it meant is that uh, you had to go register on the website every two weeks and click the button that says, yeah, I looked for some jobs. Yeah,
1: how is clicking through the internet doing you any favors?
0: Right. How is it showing you anything? Real quick, Aaron, was it the Michigan Works thing? Yeah. Yeah, because I went to them... Joke. I went to them without being on anything, going... Uh, so I hear you're people to come to, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a job, but what I'm really looking for is an opportunity at a career. And it, and it, I'm just paraphrasing because I don't have time to go into the conversation word for word, but basically I was told, well, what are you on? And I was like, nothing. Well, then we can't help you. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? I'm walking in here mm-hmm. before I hit rock bottom saying, Hey, look, you know, give me a hand and you, I won't have to be, on food stamps, on unemployment, or whatever, and they were just like, oh, "No, that's not how it works. No, hit your rock bottom, come back. We'll see you then." I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the with the, with the health insurance thing I went through. You know, I had money in the bank. Well, then we're not going to help you. Well, yeah, but what do you want me to do? You want me to spend all that money to the point where I'm destitute again, and then you'll help me? Yes, it doesn't make any sense
1: in in the system it's like the one time i've tried to use it i was honest about who lived with me and in our income and and i get told no and i'm like what logic doesn't come into play here uh you it obviously doesn't look like on paper like i'm splitting the bills with somebody you know cuz I, I even put like what's your financial liability like i don't understand it they're like no nah, you're good like fuck you i'm not i'm not, not I have to come up with eleven hundred bucks a month and nine dollars an hour. How the fuck am I good? <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, your first, your first, your first fuck up was I was honest. <laughs> you know how many people I know get, get some sort of state aid that 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 lie their ass off and i'm not talking about like shit so they get extra i'm talking about a
1: person under my roof i mean i'm under the assumption here these government agencies are connected and they're going to see another person getting mail at the same address and might ask me a question about it am i wrong for thinking that
0: well chris now imagine if imagine if the person you were living with had a drug conviction that automatically disqualifies you for any aid because they live in the same house as you even if they're just a roommate not, not a family member, not your, not your wife, not one of your kids, just a roommate. I, mean, I think I even had to state the relationship, and I said roommate.
1: So what? I'm basically supposed to go, hey, uh, can you help me out? Because government says we've got enough money.
0: Yeah, it's... <sighs> it, it, and that's another thing that it, it irks me. They say, don't work the system. People that work the system are, sh- are, are pieces of shit, et cetera, et cetera. Yet the system is built to where if you don't work the system to an extent... You can't even fucking get any help. Right. So what well, do you want? What do you yeah. want? Stop talking on both sides of your mouth at me.
2: It's like we were talking about before, though. Poor people who work the system are pieces of shit. Rich people who work the systems are captains of industry.
0: Yeah, well... Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean
1: <laughs> Man, can we like trademark it the fuck out of my face? Like attribute it to Rich? Can we get an right. urban dictionary? Can can we just see a a chart of like Go back to like the first episode, pull it as a drop.
2: <laughs> how much roughly we lose in tax money to tax loopholes for corporations and, and wealthy versus how much we may overspend on people who are cheating welfare systems, food stamp systems, anything like any kind of government assistance. Cause I, I'm thinking that the corporate fraud and just tax cheating and loopholes would vastly outweigh the number of misappropriated funds for government assistance.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well and also the new thing they're trying to pimp with with uh the like the bridge card is now, uh, once again, I'm speaking from like six years ago. Mm-hmm. I think the maximum you could get, it might have gone up, I'm not sure. It actually might have gone down, who knows, under Schneider. The maximum I think you could get for a, a one person was like somewhere between 230 and 250 a month in a bridge card. Now, you ain't eating grass-fed, all-organic food on $230 a month if that's your sole means of feeding yourself. Now they're trying to pimp this shit of. Well, we need to make it so you can't buy unhealthy food, where you have to buy the food that's good for you. Well, one of the things that doctors and nutritionists have been saying for years in this country is, when you can go get a double cheeseburger for a buck thirty, and a salad costs five bucks, or you can buy a twenty ounce pop for a buck, and a twenty ounce water costs two dollars. Well, who, what the fuck are you gonna do if you're if every penny counts, like Chris said?
2: Yeah,
3: what are you yeah,
0: gonna exactly.
2: do? Exactly. Well, well, you know, it, Richard, it's not. I my personal grocery bill isn't that much more than that. If that was my sole, uh, if if I was on uh, the bridge card, which is essentially like food stamps, uh, I could survive on that and feed my kids when they're over on the weekend.
0: Oh, definitely. But I had to educate
2: myself week. too, and I. I pretty damn healthy I had to definitely educate myself on you know not only what to eat but where to buy the shit and also a lot of that relies on the fact that there's three sometimes four different places that I go to for my groceries Mm -hmm. you know I don't go and make one weekly trip and load up everything I'm like well I'm gonna pass this on the way home from work and I know I can get this this and that from there and they have this really cheap and, you know, it's it's not that, uh, again, it's not that it's not possible. It's that nobody's showing the people the way. The same thing with, with the, the bullshit job program. Um, you know, we'll give them the, the food assistance, but then not really show them how to eat healthy and economically on that money. And just let them eat the the cheeseburgers and all the processed food at the grocery store
0: yeah, because th- one of the places that uh where I used to work, we used to get all our veggies from a local place, mm-hmm. and I'd go in there, and you know when you're going in and you're buying like five cases of lettuce and three cases of tomatoes, you've got to stand around and wait for them to bring them out the back, so I'd naturally start talking to people and i was that's what really opened my eyes to, to to how many people do exactly what you just said they go they might go to kroger for certain things and then yep. for their vegetables and their fruit they go to randazzo's oh yeah man yep. and they I mean, they go someplace else because yeah they might spend an extra 250 in a gallon of gas but when they add it all up they got a lot more food that's better for you for cheaper than if they just fucking went to to Myers and shopped or Walmart stuff. Exact right.
1: conversation with I ran into a buddy Plus, the other day at Kroger, at Kroger and it's exactly what uh, one of the things that we talked about how he gets all his produce at this uh uh fruit market on Gratiot because it's like uh he said uh he went there he threw out a bunch of produce he figures at Kroger it'd have been 30 40 bucks. Clark uh, was like hey, 16 bucks. You know, he's got a wife, he's yeah. got two kids, you know. He's Easy. Well, also, part of this is just the downside
2: of, of just making this one weekly trip and buying all your groceries from one place. If you are eating vegetables, the, the actual optimal time to eat those vegetables, sometimes it's already passed by the time you got it. Mm-hmm. But they say that that window closes within a couple of days. Oh, so definitely. So that's, that's another part of the reason why I, I go, I make multiple trips and I break them up on different days because I can pick up a head of lettuce from many of these places, and I'm not going to, you know, buy the two for one sale because by the time I get around to eating that other one, most of its nutritional value is gone. It's Definitely. dead. You need to eat it when it's still actually
0: alive, technically. And, and Chris knows this from working in the food industry. The minute you cut a vegetable, you've cut its lifespan. it. Yep. And I am surprised at the amount of people in day-to-day life that don't don't know that or understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, no, that's <laughs> I got into a habit at one point where I would almost I would almost go shopping for anything that that I could that I could I would go shopping once a week for stuff that I could put in a cabinet and pull down when I needed to use it. But for other stuff, I would go Almost every other day, I right. pick up vegetables, like if I was making something with like if I was making a stir fry or something like that, or you know pick up a couple of heads of lettuce to make salad with. I didn't buy it on Monday, and then come next Saturday, hope it was still good because, like you said, it's it's even if it's even if it's not nutritious. It's not gonna be good. I mean you can, it's not it's not macaroni and cheese, it's not craft mac and cheese. You yeah. can't set it in somewhere and come back to it a month later and it's perfectly fine. My meat right.
1: is generally so, a same day purchase.
0: Yeah.
2: So on top of the the lack of, of education on on just healthy eating and economical eating I mean, compound that with the fact that there's just not a availability. You know, when we talk about being able to hit up three, four different places because we live in neighborhoods where we can, we can get in our car and within 10 minutes to be at, at any of these places. And if you're no, they'll even bring it to your in the house inner now. city somewhere, Postmates and yeah, shit. so if you're in the inner city somewhere and you are on government assistance, you, you have the bridge card or some sort of food stamps or something like that, you may not have reliable transportation either. And you're going to the closest place, which is the corner store, and buying AJ. whatever they have. So you're buying old produce at higher prices. So it doesn't even make sense for you to buy and try and put together a decent salad. Yeah. It's going to cost you just, mu- just as much. You'll probably get more nutritional value, at least, out of the hungry man dinner.
1: Yeah. My food bill oh, to eat what? healthy shouldn't be like I have a fucking Cadillac payment every
0: month. <laughs> I think one of the one of the, the the really kind of telling things that came out probably I don't know in the last ten years or so some some time, was at one point someone thought to do a a study on the fact that at, at one point in the last ten years there was no grocery stores in Detroit city limits. Yeah, like no bodegas, like proper like proper grocery stores. Oh, trust me, like you hit. You have Eastern Market. It's oh, yeah. open on the weekends. Yeah, I but lived I mean,
1: like, in
2: Detroit at that time. There was nothing. You had. Yeah, we went out to the suburbs to do our grocery shopping.
1: Wife grew exactly. up on the East Coast, and that's one of the first things that struck her about the city is how do you eat here? Yeah, well, I took her down Before to Detroit. We- She's like, "Where do you buy food?" I'm like, what do you mean? That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, the- there's a term for it. It's called food desert. Only oh, the white <laughs> people get to do that in the suburbs.
0: Well, then I, I have friends who live. In, in parts of Detroit who have, like, you know, the, their street, maybe there's, like, four houses on. The rest have been torn down. And they started doing the, the you know, the urban farming thing. And yeah. they've actually had people from the city come in and shut them down. You know, you can't do that here. Mm-hmm. It's not zoned for that or whatever. Right. And I'm like, are you kidding me? These people are actually doing something positive with empty sp- plots of land in Detroit, and you're shitting on it because of bureaucracy.
1: Rich, you're talking about a city who had a thriving... Uh, Jumpstart to its economy in the form of medical marijuana dispensaries, and is since regulated and fucking destroyed. The- Detroit is Plaxico Burris in the club. All right, shooting itself in the leg. Yeah, legs. Detroit is tr- <laughs> running in the club with a gun in its pocket and goes off, shoots itself in the leg, and it gets arrested and goes to jail. That is de- and that's
0: pretty. The city of Detroit. I have to say, I don't know. I don't have my. I don't have my card, so I don't know. But I have heard horror stories, and I've also noticed that. Um dispensaries are opening in areas where I didn't think they would. And when I asked a a buddy of mine who has his card, he goes, because Detroit's garbage anymore for that shit. They actually opened one across from the Ford plant on Michigan Avenue in Wayne. And I was like, that blew You could have knocked me over with a feather when I saw that. And I was like, when I lived in Detroit, man, there was every fucking couple hundred feet or not feet, but you know, yards, there was a dispensary. And he's like, not anymore.
1: Yeah, they're trying to regulate yeah. them to junkyard
2: zones. Yeah, they 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 shut down a lot of them, hundreds of them actually. Two hundred and something. We were talking about two hundred and sixty something
0: that were on the list.
1: Second like plug for the Weisman podcast. You're on Christopher Media and iTunes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love I love I love the logic. Well, we can't have one within such a distance of a school or. Mm-hmm whatever but we can have liquor stores and churches on every corner and yeah. both of them are fucking milking these fucking communities dry for their fucking money yeah i love that but
2: well, what we got into on in the Weedsmen was that you know these are unlicensed businesses that they were going after and oh wow bring- again I'm, I'm pulling this out of my ass i don't know but I would bet money on that a lot of these operations are just the same black market operations that were operating before uh, the, the plethora of medical marijuana shops that just realized, well, wait a minute, we can sell it on the street and risk going to jail, or we can buy a storefront and sell it out of there just as illegally,
1: but risk going to court. Wow, look at all these dispensers, oh, pulling up weed maps. Look at all these. You get out of Detroit. Look at all these right along Michigan Avenue. Wayne, Inkster.
2: Right. So, so you, so you open up an illegal dispensary, an unlicensed dispensary, and eventually the bureaucracy gets around to shutting you down. And so what? You made plenty of money in the meantime. You go find a new uh, abandoned storefront, which there are plenty of in Detroit. Mm -hmm. What? And you, and you repeat the process and nobody really goes to jail.
0: Well, here's here's
2: they, they the, here's found out the, a way to sell sell drugs and get and get hit with white people uh, charges.
0: <laughs> what was it? What was it? Omar said in the wire when he was on the stand and the in, in the he was like the oh, lawyer. is yeah, well, like, so you 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 make a living off of feeding off the dregs of society, and he goes, same well, as you. Yeah. I got the shotgun. You got the briefcase. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, I mean, the only difference is, you know, you got a law degree in a suit and I got some street smarts, so that's about it, you know, but I, I do, I do really think it's, it's, it's interesting that people are so short sighted that, okay, I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I can't say I'm like down and I'm with unlicensed, places opening up and all that shit because eventually some fuckery is going to happen. There has to be some sort of oversight. However, I used to live in Brightmoor. We used to go to DaCosta to get anything we needed and we'd show up and they'd be like, what you want? And we'd be like, "Uh, we need some smoke. They'd be like, you want that other thing? Like, no, motherfucker. I want some weed. Like, I don't want, I don't want I did not ask for an apple pie. Yeah, I don't want heroin. I don't want crack. I don't want coke. I don't want none of that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But so you're telling I'll me you rather have, me? You're, <laughs> would you like a two liter in wings with yeah. that? Uh, like, so you're trying to like people? Are, they're so so short sighted. Don't see that you rather have people go into drug houses to where the chance of them going, eh, fuck it, all right, I'll take a fucking teen or a coke and start them down that road versus walking into a dispensary. Where the yeah. the worst that's gonna happen is you're gonna fucking eat an edible forty five minutes well, later, say this is some bullshit, eat another one, and then an hour later see the sky split, and out, the aliens beam you up to the mothership. I mean that's it's it. I mean, right, it's ridiculous. Uh,
2: and and that's all, a lot of these uh, new legal cannabis markets, whether you're talking medicinal or recreational. What a lot of them don't understand. Is the idea of keeping prices very low in order to make the black market for this ridiculously useless. To take the profit out of the crime side of it. That's what you have to do in order to make this legal business. I mean, make it, make it actually work. Cause there's, still a thriving black market business for cannabis in colorado and it has legal cannabis that the black market did not go away completely and it kind of makes sense and you why not still buy it off the same guy you're not going to get harassed for it either way if the cop catches you with it, and you're like yeah i bought it at
0: the dispensary well one of the things i thought but, was interesting about the dispensary. Oh, i'm sorry go ahead
2: no no, no no continue
0: I was going to say one of the things I thought was interesting about the dispensary that opened up on Michigan Avenue in Wayne was a buddy who has his card he was like you know uh, I'm checking to see what their specials are and I'm like well, they like have a web they have a website and he's like no they, they use Instagram I'm like they advertise on Instagram oh, yeah. and he's like yeah they have they have daily specials I'm like so what, what kind of shit are we talking about and he's like hold on a second will pull one up he's like right here he's like this stuff right here you can get an eighth for 25 bucks dude let me tell you I get something text blasts all the time an eighth for 25 bucks I'm expecting some Detroit ditchweed full of stems and seeds he comes back with some shit that got me high from smelling yep. it and I was like you gotta be fucking with me you can get that good as shit for 25 bucks that is the world we live in now hopefully I mean so right
2: it's so so I but I'm I guess the reason I was bringing that up, though, Rich, is to, to tie into your point. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be having these uh, all these uh, fees and loopholes to jump through to open up one of these shops. You know, while any business has licensing fees that they have to pay and all that shit, I think you should keep them low, even if you're essentially subsidizing them, um, balancing it against the ever- the actual paperwork that the government has but to she- go through. With the understanding that you're continuing to lower the effectiveness and profit from the black market, and yeah, by and therefore kind of closing off, helping to close off any perception or possibility of cannabis
1: being a gateway drug. Yeah, but you are talking about reforming more than one industry, sir. That's the that's the problem. It, it's a pain in the ass to open up, let's say, a pizza shop. No right, yeah, like right. with with all the layers of bureaucracy, especially if you're in. I mean, it can sometimes it's just as easy as dealing with the county. I mean, but then there's city, county, state, feds. I mean, it's this is a pain in the ass to open up anything. Well, there was, uh, there was a story throwing that I weed into it, like
2: oh, good good lord. Yeah, <laughs> there was this professor, this radio story that I heard the other day. About a professor and memory's failing me, but it was from, uh, he was in a South American country. He was looking at poverty in his country and he was wondering, what is the, what is the, what is this poverty barrier? Why, what makes poverty so hard to get out of in this country? Education. And, and possibly in other countries. Well, what he looked at, was what, the answer that he came up with Was actually bureaucracy Now in this case You have I mean, He he actually does a case study where He opens up his own small business Because he looks at There's all these uh, In these poorer parts of the neighborhood There's these unofficial markets These non-government licensed markets They're not paying any taxes They're not paying any fees to the state to operate They're just you know operating out of these shacks and selling their goods or whatever it may be, and in talking to them it's like it's not that they want to live out of the system it 's not that they don't want to be licensed and not be able to come together and open up big markets where people can shop at it's that it's it's uh prohibitively expensive to even pursue and he sends his uh his students off to. Open up this kind of mock business To find out just how hard it is And and It starts off with Having to actually pay bribes To government officials To just get them to look at your paperwork But that wasn't even The most prohibitive part It was all this the, The over regulation and red tape That the businesses had to go through And it wasn't even So much of a question about Lack of funds to pay these licensing fees and whatnot. It was also lack of time to run a small business and have to go and wait in line at some, you know, government building
1: to get your paperwork approved. Ann Coulter wants to know what the holdup is on the wall. Right there. Bureaucracy. How many podcasts ago did I say? Like, I'm not worried about the wall because in the time it's going to take to get things bid on, Get the contractor set up, just to even get things in motions, permitting, all that crap. It's going to be twenty twenty. Like they won't, they won't move any fucking dirt in Texas, Arizona, right. and whatever. And it, until the, the only next, way we're going to get a wall if, it, if whoever
2: replaces Trump is just as has just as much of a hard on for getting this
1: done. Yeah. Oh, so first, oh, someone's got to draw it up. I mean, let's just talk about basic things here. You know, you got to find an architect. You gotta have plans. Then you gotta run the plans by the cities. And, oh, the multiple municipalities you will be dealing with. That won't take long at all. That won't take until 2024.
2: They're not even past the stage of deciding what this wall's gonna look like.
1: Like, I'm just, I'm talking about actually pulling a permit to build a wall this size in general. Like, just that stuff alone. But yeah, first they even have to decide on it. So that's what I'm saying. Trump will be a mere afterthought in history by the time they would actually have the things in place to actually start moving the earth to break ground on this thing.
0: Yeah, and w- and once again, something that, uh, beca- with our short attention span in this nation, that we tend to forget, is that Trump wasn't the first person, no matter what he says, to come up with this, let's build a wall along the Mexican border. That shit was, like I Which said... Had his
2: own version of the wall.
0: Yeah, that, sh- was that shit fenced. was... That shit goes back a lot of years now. and If you don't have a fence on your it's property, try to yet. put
1: one up. Tell me how long it takes. I bet you it's a year or more. If you have, like, yeah. I have that right now, and eventually I want to put up a fence. Maybe it will maybe still be going, and I'll track it on the podcast. Tell you how long it's take to build my personal wall around my property, where all my neighbors have fences. I bet you it will take me over a year
0: to get that thing done. I, my, in my old house, I actually had a neighbor who had a fence. And he put up a privacy fence and the state, and he put it around his entire backyard and not the state, but the city come and said, uh, you can't do that. And they made him take down parts of the fence that faced the road Now he could keep the privacy fence between him and the neighbor behind him and me beside of him, but they made him take it down over the, around this. Like I said, the parts that face the road and I, he was, you know, it was passed and repassed with him. And I think we were checking the mail at the same time. And I asked him, hey, what happened to the you know, rest of the fence? He didn't go into detail. I mean, I'm sure if he wants to, he could jump through hoops and do whatever he's got to do and get the permits or whatever, put it back up. But it's like, think about that. You're doing something on your own property that's not like, a, it's not an eyesore. It's not causing the property value to go down in that neighborhood. And you gotta jump through fucking hoops and and pay someone for the privilege of doing something on your own property. Does that not seem back asswards? No. I mean
2: it kinda seems to me like the the city coming around saying, Hey, I noticed you got curtains up on your window. If we want to come by and see what's going on inside your house, we're not gonna be able to see inside. So leave your curtains open on the front windows, please.
0: That's actually that's actually a good point. I didn't even think about it that way. But yeah. Like you should have oh, yeah. right to complete privacy on your own property. Exactly, because God knows if you don't close those curtains and you're walking around naked and some little fucking tax break walking home from school sees you, oh you're in deep shit and right. you're going on a list.
2: But we don't we have no real conception of what our rights are that this country was founded on anymore. I mean the, the, another issue that I seem to be harping on every week, but it just gets more and more out of control. The idea of the protection of free speech and what that actually means. And no, it has nothing to do with anybody getting paid to talk anywhere. You know, free speech is the right to talk, is to say that your, your president is an asshole and not go to jail or to stand outside the White House and, and protest him. Without having to go to jail to publish articles that uh, that even incriminate the government and not be jailed for that, anything outside of that comes down to personal choice uh, and and organization choice of who speaks where. But outside of that, I mean, look at the Portland mayor this week and the, res- the response to the brutal killings on of of two men. That came to defense of a, a Muslim girl and a black girl. The Portland mayor, first he asked politely that two, uh, well, he refers to them as, uh, white supremacist organizations that would, were to, uh, have demonstrations this week. He calls on, he, he asks them politely to just be respectful and shut down. Actually, he convinces one of them to, the other one doesn't. Yeah, guess and he tries to get... I, hate, I hate playing this And he this tries card. to get the government involved. But guess which one he, he told... He wants the federal government to pull their permits yeah. for their their demonstration. And because it is just bad timing. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to end up and Portland goes on the radio. Chases. It goes on the radio saying, Well, you know, I do believe in the First Amendment. And... I believe in our, our constitutional rights. But, you know, you also have to balance that against what's going on in, in, in your city. Tell your city to behave. You have mayor. And, and you have to protect people from, you know, what you see as might be possible violence. And That's a complete misunderstanding of our Constitution. It's not balanced against anything. You know... I understand that it can be amended. There's a process to change it, but that doesn't mean it's pliable once it's once it's changed to whatever the situation might be. It's actually the whole reason that we have something that we have a constitution is so that we don't have independent uh, politicians just ruling by the seat of their pants and deciding for themselves moment to moment what should and shouldn't be free speech or, or what rights certain groups of people should
0: enjoy. It, it, uh, right, rightfully or wrongly, it reminds me of the protest on, for both conventions in, around, I think it was 2008, where they had so-called free speech zones. Or if you want to protest, yeah. then you have to go a mile and a half away from the convention center right. in this ten by ten square that's been roped off, and that's your free speech zone. And I think it was—I think it was on Bill Maher's show. They uh, it might have been Nancy Pelosi's daughter; I can't remember her name, but she went with a camera and was talking to you know everybody involved. And the segment, if I remember correctly, wrapped up with a guy going the fuck is a free speech zone this is America the whole fucking country <laughs> is a free speech zone <laughs> right <laughs> you know and I was like boom mic drop I mean it, it's there it is bottom line but yet w- we put up with the shit you, I mean you it, to get you know to backtrack on what you said we do not have pe- most people do not have an, a, a good idea of what their rights are they th- what they think is their right really isn't, right. and, what they think, and what they think isn't their right is. I mean, we've talked yeah. about it on this show. If someone goes, if MTV, perfect example, back in the 90s, Madonna put out that uh, Justify My Love video. MTV said, we're not oh, airing yeah. And the record company automatically played the censorship card. And this might have been the last intelligent thing MTV ever fucking aired. They actually had Kurt Loder. Come on. And said look here's the deal censorship okay we're not saying that no one can watch this video we're just not going to play this video this video is still available to you through other means you can watch this video now if the government said this video was banned that would be censorship and that would be in violation of the First Amendment and free speech right we're just saying as a private business we're not going to play it
2: right or another perfect example, that uh, our our supposed rights again, uh, our conception of our rights against discrimination in this country, the Alamo. What, uh, it's the Alamo Draft House, right? The the movie theater in New York, isn't that what it's called? Austin, talk about the the Wonder Woman screening. I'm saying, Yeah, did I say New York? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, in Texas. Yes, the one—the Wonder Woman screening, screening, the all-woman, no men allowed Wonder Woman screening—a week in advance. That idiots were just flipping their lid about and saying that. that Actually, not only saying there's there's (laughs) there's been certain people who are actually trying to file a court case against the movie theater for discrimination. And they're just a private business, you know? This is why we can't have nice things. This this isn't Warner Brothers saying, we only want women to watch this. And it's not like there's not going to be other screenings that these people can go to.
0: I get that, but at the same time, my cynical mind tells me this is all just fucking, this is all just one big way to get free fucking advertising. They knew there was going to be a backlash. They knew people were going to get pissed well, at off. This point can, yeah, but so you And they're what? talk about it on the internet and that is the but that but, doesn't,
1: at this point you can but, assume backlash.
0: Right. But but what I'm the, saying but the, but the but reason it,
2: that I'm bringing it up though is because it, it, it's a misunderstanding of our rights. No, and I get and, you. and thinking that this is discrimination against men.
0: No, it's a very it's a very crafty move on Warner Brothers' end to get a bunch of free advertising, a bunch of free mentions, and the, the I think news. more for the, the theater or so. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, the theater, but but still, Warner Brothers isn't crying in their soup over this. They're like, please keep talking yeah. about this movie. Go. Because let's be honest, the DC universe has had a shaky start at best with a lot of people. Yeah. And so it's like, well, hey, okay. anything that gets us out there, we're more than happy. Now, here's here's... The, the asinine thing. If you're that pissed off at the theater for doing that, real simple, don't go to that fucking theater ever again. Right. Vote with fucking dollar. Yes. Why do you have to sue them? They didn't cause you, uh, even even by the most liberal standards of mental pain and anguish, it didn't cause you any mental pain and anguish. It It may have annoyed you. It may have pissed you off. You may have rightfully even said, what if the situation was reversed? And yeah, it would be the same thing. It'd be a shit show. And that is what either... And I, you're, you're right. It's I said Warner Brothers. It's even more localized. Than it. It's the theater. That's a, the theater's getting publicity. The movie's getting publicity. It's, it's a win-win. One
1: screening it's, of a movie. It's a movie theater. There will be other screenings. Ex- you can go to that. Exactly. To. Exactly. All right. This isn't the one right? time
0: this theater's going to show Wonder Woman. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't seen the movie yet. It might be that bad. (laughs) Reviews
2: have been pretty phenomenal on it, actually.
0: I just remember the reviews coming out for like Batman versus Superman and and Suicide Squad and going, oh, boy. All right. I'll say it.
1: I'll say it. Are you allowed to think this is a bad movie? I'll play (laughs) that card. Our, our new climate that we're in, Are we? is anyone going to be allowed to give this movie a negative review? What if you go see it and you think it's a huge piece of shit? Are you then going to be labeled a fucking misogynist shitlord? Well,
0: by certain people, but who cares what they think?
2: It's interesting because this movie not only has a woman as its central character, obviously, uh-huh. but it was also directed by a woman. There you go. And That's what I'm saying. I think it was in Variety that had a, a story about how Warner Brothers is taking this big risk on a movie that is not only fronted by uh the lead character is a woman but is also directed by a woman, which is a, a first for a major franchise superhero movie like this. And certainly with with this big of a budget, a hundred and fifty
1: million dollar budget. That, I'm saying, just but, remember, last summer, if you'd had a negative opinion of the Ghostbusters movie, you were labeled a sexist asshole. Yeah. Well, the
2: story was, was corrected by uh, people on Twitter to point out the fact that they weren't necessarily taking a risk with this director, considering they had an award-winning film the prior year. And it wasn't that outrageous to think. But, yeah, I mean... A, the, a lot of the talk about Wonder Woman certainly has to do with women in general.
1: I <laughs> and mean I, especially in the a, year a of a negative
2: the, review could come off as a negative review in, of women in the year of
1: the <laughs> March especially the that in the year that the March of the Woman happened, the woman's march. Are you good <laughs> excuse me, are you allowed to have a negative opinion of this movie?
0: Look, this is this is something that they did just fucking it 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 it, it just uh, it, it's like a hangnail. It annoys the fuck out of me, but it's not that big of a deal in the long run. I don't give a fuck who directs a movie as long as it's a good movie. I didn't give a fuck that Catherine Bigelow was a female and she directed Strange Days. I like the fucking movie. That's all that matters. Okay? I don't... I, it, if... it We need to stop this bullshit of being like, well, a woman directed it, so everybody must like it. No. You're allowed to be a woman, uh, you're allowed to be a man, you're allowed to be gay, you're allowed to be straight, you're allowed to be whatever fucking gender Tumblr's pumping out this week, and still make shitty art. Hey, isn't... It happens. Isn't
1: your true goal for us to be like, wow, that movie's a piece of shit, regardless of what gender director you are?
0: Now, let me tell you something. If someone comes out of that movie and goes, wow, that movie's a piece of shit because the bitch directing it sucks, then yeah, that's an issue. If the person comes out and goes, that movie's a piece of shit because it's a piece of shit, that's not an issue. That's not that's not an issue for for anybody to start hopping on with their gender politics nonsense. It's an opinion about art. Art is subjective.
2: Yeah. All right. But if this mo- if this movie came out and is a complete flop and it ends up being as poorly reviewed as many of uh Warner Brothers' prior attempts, the studio is likely to say, Well, that's it for women directors. Uh that didn't 50- work.
0: Do you really believe that in this day yeah. and age? Yes. Yes. 100%. I mean, I I, I don't know. Maybe it's like, I, to me, a good director is a good director. It doesn't make, you don't, a dick or a vagina does not make you a good director. And it doesn't make right. you a bad director. No, but and maybe, but, maybe, maybe. but if it was a situations- man directing
2: it, the, the attitude would be, well, we're not going to hire him anymore unless he's Zack Snyder. And then you just let him.
1: Let me tell you. She she going, got pictures of somebody or, or blowing. Some. I'll tell you that. Right. Let me tell you something.
0: But uh, but Guy, when, Guy a, when Ritchie, a woman
2: gets the flop, it's like, well, women director don't work out for superhero flicks. Nobody's gonna come see that.
0: Then the people saying that have a problem, and they need to be dealt with on a case by case individual basis. Not what? that you can't put that at the feet of an entire fucking industry. Guy Ritchie just directed. Apparently, I haven't seen it, so I'm just going by the reviews and a few people that I know who have seen it. The new King Arthur movie, and that thing is a huge piece of shit. From everybody I'm, I'm hearing. Right. Guy Ritchie's career with 150 million dollar movies is sucks. over. That motherfucker's going back to making fucking European gangster movies if he's smart, because yeah. there's no way Hollywood's giving him over 100 million to make another movie. Not yeah. after that bomb. Okay, that is his failure. That does not reflect on men as a whole. It, whoever. Whoever directed... I don't know her name. I'm not even going to fucking front. Whoever directed the Wonder Woman movie, if the movie fails because of direction, because of something she did and she made a decision, just like Guy Ritchie made decisions that made that new King Arthur movie suck, that's her failure. That does not reflect, no matter how much people want it to, on all women. And if people feel that way, either to the right, who go, see, women can't direct movies, Or to the left and go, you failed us because you make all women look bad. You people are the problem. You people are obsessed with this, with with fucking gender and race, and y'all need to fucking knock it off. Sorry. I Come to deal with people on a case-by-case basis. This is why I have such a problem with the younger generation who everybody has to be boxed in and labeled into these these certain little things. No, treat every person as an individual because that's what we are. Don't label them well there's i that's a that's a whole hey, other podcast hey guys,
1: guess what in uh, in the, uh Trump asked Supreme Court to reinstate travel ban <laughs> uh it's filing to the supreme court wait a minute this is so this he, happened while we were talking. Uh, it argues that the Federal Appeals Court in Richmond, Virginia, this from the AP, by the way, made several mistakes in ruling against the Trump travel policy. The government says the nation will be safer if the policy is put in place. Department spokeswoman Sarah Isger Flores says the ban is lawful. Immigration officials would have 90 days to decide what changes are necessary before people from Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen may resume applying for visas. So there you go. Never, never stops. <laughs>
2: Wait, what, but we are—we always knew that he wanted that he was going to take this all the way to the Supreme well, he Court. Officially he officially just it.
1: asked. Today, hey, you gotta—you gotta hear this. They're, they officially just—this is this is when he said, "I'll see you in court." Well, apparently, that just went down.
0: And as you can tell, we're all stunned. I <laughs> know, right? Well, it's just—you <laughs> <laughs>
1: know—usually when you do podcast or radio or something, you know, you try to keep your fucking cell phone, you know away from you because you want to focus on what's going on but it it, it seems like you got I got to keep it close now shit is constantly going down
0: oh uh real quick I kind of along those lines when you were talking about what happened in Portland Aaron um, yes I read an article that a guy and I, I agree with his sentiment but he went way overboard with it he, Because if every time something like this happens, there's, from a certain segment of society, an outcry of, why are we labeling these people terrorists? Why aren't we calling them what they are? And so this guy wrote the article. And I mean, it was I, at one point, he had a paragraph where I think he didn't go more than four words without calling those guys terrorists. And he was trying to hammer a point home, and I get it. But this is something that I, I meant to bring up. We're so worried about terrorism coming from outside. We have plenty of homegrown terrorism. We're so focused on what's, what's going to come in from another country. What are we afraid of? That they're going to bring ideas and they're going to radicalize people here? Oh, because the Internet isn't worldwide, right? If you want to fucking read up on on the beliefs and... You know principles of what a terrorist what a certain terrorist group believes it's not like you can hop on the internet and google it right right i mean yeah this is all nonsense
2: a, When a person from outside the country kills somebody, they were radicalized by you know some extremist religion or organization, and when somebody born in this country does it, well, they're just a crazy person.
0: Well, I was—I mean, go back to the Oklahoma City bombing. I think all three of us would call that an act of terror. The Unabomber, exactly. I mean, these were not people that came in from another country. I mean, if you look at look at even the even the like the 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 nightclub shootings, the the shootings in movie theaters. These aren't immigrants. These aren't people who come from another country. These aren't. Some Tom Clancy sleeper cells that someone whispered the right word and they went about their fucking mission. These are people that were born and raised here, who were fucking got a screw loose, and decided instead of just fucking sticking a gun in their face and pulling the trigger like a decent human being, they have to take people out. I mean, if you want to kill somebody, kill yourself. I mean, I'm 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 pro. I'm going on the record. I'm pro suicide for those people. Suck on the business end of a shotgun. Do the world a favor. Don't go. Don't go out and be an asshole and kill other people. But those are all acts of terror. They're just, we don't, what do we do about those? Nothing. I mean, there's all this, there's all this fucking hype about being attacked from outside. We get plenty of people that are willing to do shit here already, who are legal citizens, born here, raised here, educated here. So, I mean, to me, this is all, this is all just fucking, it, it's, it's, it's putting perfume on a pig. It's, it's just, you know. It's redecorate. It's giving a slap a new coat of paint on a on a crack house and saying good enough. I mean, it, what what does it fucking matter if these people come in? If they're applying for visas and yeah. they're coming in and they're willing to go through the process, which is a lengthy one, they're what, what are you? What are it's, the odds that they have ill intent for us?
2: All it is is a salve to soothe our our symptoms that does nothing to cure the disease. It's it's one of our favorite things to do in this country, apparently.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I have to—I hate to agree, but we do. We, we love—we love treating. Yeah, we love treating the symptoms and just going, "Oh, well, fuck it. The disease is inevitable, but you know, we'll just yeah. treat the symptoms."
2: We we do it literally with our healthcare system.
0: You know, and it's amazing. I was just going to say, it's amazing because certain things, boy, we hop on real quick. AIDS. Wait a minute. You can die from fucking. No, we gotta we gotta figure something out <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the progress look at the progress we've made with hiv since we were kids i mean when we were kids they were calling that shit gay cancer if you got it you were dead within six months that's what i mean at least this is what was being reported on the news back in the day now well, you get diagnosed with is hiv positive i mean your your life expectancy isn't you know, decrease to the point where it's like, well, fuck! I better not buy green bananas.
2: But, but let's let's be fair. We only started making real progress on that when straight white people started getting AIDS.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And there was I mean,
2: a long period where it was just, well, that's your price for butt sex.
0: Yeah, I had a, you I have a human <laughs> being. I had a buddy growing up. He was a conspiracy theory. Like he collected conspiracy theories like we collected comic books when we were younger. So he was always fun to talk to. And his, his thing was that the government created AIDS to wipe out gay people. But the, what they didn't count on was bisexual people and intravenous drug users sharing needles. And so that's how it spread to the, the quote unquote, you know, uh, good people. And it was like, oh shit, it, it got out of control. And I was like, okay, I ain't gonna lie, I, uh, I could, I could, I could picture the government getting up some fuckery and something getting out of control like that. But I mean, it's probably how the the shit did. Sp- I mean, take away the government, you know, creating it and giving it to people. It's probably how the shit did spread to the straight communities and shit. Oh yeah, I mean, it's is that even? I don't even think that's up for debate. I mean, on top of it, isn't it, I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of my ass here, but isn't it pretty hard for people who don't have open sores having a, a man to get it from a woman, but it's easier for a woman to get it from a man? I mean, isn't isn't that like part of the, like there has to be exchanges of a, a open sores, fluids and shit like that? Right. I mean, because, I mean, when we were kids, they were telling you could get it from fucking kissing somebody. Yeah, you know, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm never kissing a chick." Hey, I'm <laughs>
1: still waiting for the mosquitoes to be carrying. Oh yeah,
0: HIV. Yeah, that was the other one. Yeah, every time you get. Oh, oh yeah, every time you get bit by a mosquito. Oh, you got the heavy. Oh shit, oh, you're you fucked, got the Mosquito AIDS. But yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, God, we got to end on a on a on a on a more hopeful note than this. Come on, guys, we got to think of something.
1: I, I don't know, but I'm I'm. 30, Beat. You want to talk about 36 people getting killed in the casino in Manila? I'll say that for another day. No. <laughs> that just happened, <laughs> not re- too.
2: Not really. Oh. oh, shit. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> what is going on? Are we in end times? Maybe. Maybe it's the beginning. Who knows? Know. <laughs> tune in next week yeah, to, in. See if we're still, to see if we're still here. Tune in next week, question mark? Yeah? Thanks
0: to everybody who has been listening and Lord, if the if the rapture if the, ra- the rapture if the rapture happens, someone take the wheel.
1: I know, right? <laughs> and tell them about this podcast <laughs> at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Uh, email the show at uh, Unregimented at christophermedia dot net. Thanks to everybody who's been sharing, downloading. Uh, please make sure to you know rate us five stars, leave a little comment.
0: When I'm- and I I'd also like to say today uh, for all our oh, listeners. Uh, you don't have to put your hands together literally, but but give Aaron a hand because he wasn't feeling well for this podcast, yeah. and I think he did an excellent job. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, playing injured. I was That's how he, that's how he rolls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <What's it? laughs> you got a bucket next to you or something? <laughs> no. It, no it's, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Gotcha. Yeah, Talk okay. about playing injured tomorrow.
1: It's my <laughs> anniversary. Five podcasts, and I'll be playing injured. Five podcasts tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Walking with a limp on Saturday. Yeah,
1: but but, you know, thanks to everyone who's been listening, and we will catch you next week. All right, later, guys. See ya. So the question mark like round burgundy. Catch you next week.
0: (laughs) So, okay, now wait a minute.